Welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Katherine Perry. So if you are new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. Welcome to everyone. So today I am recording a full moon or a healing episode. And I'm really excited because I was actually going to record a dream or a healing this morning. And I, I'm going to record that one. That one's just going to be on another day because I woke up this morning and I felt so inspired by something that had been on my mind the past couple of days. And then I, when I woke up, I noticed, oh, wait, it's the full moon. Okay, perfect. So we can actually just talk about that today, you know, with respect to the full moon and everything just kind of came together. And I really love it when medicine just comes through. It's, you know, clear as day and everything just aligns like that. That's really special. So Today for the full moon or healing episode, I'm going to be talking about toxic relationships and boundaries. And I, again, like I said, I'm super excited because as soon as I wrote it down, I was like, I know exactly what I'm talking about today. When I looked at the aura, I was like, wow, everything just really fits together. Um, But before we do that, uh, the way I like to open every single episode is by taking some time to just close our eyes Take a couple of couple of deep breaths, you know, invite in whatever you want to invite in, set up the space for yourself, you know, kind of just get quiet, sit with yourself for a moment. You know, I take a couple of seconds because I do this, you know, all the time. So if you feel that you need more time, just feel free to hit your pause button, um, set your intention for today. You know, since today is like a full moon and full moon, you know, actually, I was going to say full moon is typically associated with release, whatever the full moon usually means to you. Um, I've noticed that whenever the full moon does happen to roll around, it is a time of release, but that, you know what, it really depends. So whatever you believe, you know, the full moon is to you, you know, kind of connect to that. And then that will help you just set your intention for the episode. So I'm going to close my eyes now, take a couple of deep breaths, and then we will dive into the aura healing. Okay, perfect. So today, like I said, we are going to be talking about toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships, and boundaries. And this has been something that has been on my mind the past couple of days. And like I said, I didn't even notice that it was a full moon. So when I woke up and I was like, wait a minute, I think the full moon's today. I was like, wow, this is perfect. This is the perfect focus, the perfect subject for this aura healing episode. And What's really special, I mean, what's really special about this to me is, you know, boundaries has been quite the learning curve for me. You know, we're all human. We all have, you know, uh, whatever our strengths, our weaknesses, you know, as cheesy as that sounds. I like to say we all just, we have our learning curves, you know, and boundaries, drawing boundaries, you know, really figuring out, you know, what that is and what that means to me. That's been a learning curve for me, you know, in this lifetime. So I'm really excited to talk about it. 
you know, every single aura healing, whether it's during a full moon, a new moon, whatever phase of the moon it is, it's always, it's as much a healing, you know, for me as it might be for you, as it might be for anybody else. You know, the aura is simultaneously so personal and impersonal at the same time. You know, the archetypes, the colors, very, you know, personal and impersonal as in, you know, the colors and the archetypes are able to hold so much love where they can guide us, you know, on an individual, you know, basis. We can develop our own individual relationships. And then, you know, they are also able to guide the other members of our collective universal family. So let's uh, let's get started. So we first have the flame and the womb. And as soon as I saw this, I was like, wow, this is exactly what I was thinking about yesterday. So your flame, the flame, the flame refers to your personal light, your personal spark, your personal spirit. And I'm like realizing this now a lot of, you know, what I was thinking about in terms of, you know, toxic relationships and boundaries, a lot of it had to do with balance in a way that I didn't quite realize before. And there is some blue in this aura and you know, if you've been listening to the introduction to Aura Color series, blue, a lot of blue is about balance. Um, uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. But there is like a theme of balance that just kind of occurs throughout the aura. And then also there's just a lot of balance that occurs in healing in general. And the way that I understand the aura, it's a way and an interface and a space, you know, to heal a lot of different aspects of the self. So like I said, the flame is... So a lot of this is going to be, you know, balancing, you know, your personal self with either relationships or like groups. And we're going to get into literally all of that. Um, but the first great example of that is the flame. So the flame is your personal soul. It is your personal spirit. Think of it as like your inner fire, you know, whatever it is that kind of like gives you that spark, that spark of life. That's the flame. And what the flame invites us to do, the flame is a red card. So red, it appears as red in the aura. Red is very much about getting grounded. So the flame is a lot about, you know, really getting grounded in your spirit and tending to that inner fire, you know, making sure that the fire is like, I don't know, maybe not like a wildfire and, you know, not necessarily, you know, encroaching, you know, in anybody's space or, you know, maybe in this case, encroaching on anybody else's boundaries, infiltrating anybody else's boundaries, you know, making sure it's not a wildfire, but making sure it's not too dim either. So, you know, we have some balance within the flame. And you know what? I think that's getting, again, getting grounded, getting centered. It's it's a big clarity card. You know, it's a big clarity card on just being clear in terms of, you know, really just connecting to who you are, connecting to your own spirit, really understanding yourself on that level. And just, re again, reminding yourself of who you are because the womb, and this is where it like gets interesting because there's a lot of, um, yeah, this is interesting. There seems to be a lot of, you know, balancing between the personal and again, like relationships, you know, balancing between the personal and the universal family within this aura. The womb is a beautiful card because it does, it reminds us kind of like the mother. Um, they're actually both a part of the yellow family that we all come from the same space. So I personally believe that, you know, we all come from source. We all come from God, et cetera, et cetera. 
you know, that's where a lot of, you know, my ideas, ideals, um, values that we all come from one universal family, a lot of those downloads came from the womb and the mother. And so the flame showing up in conjunction with the womb, and I was literally thinking about this yesterday, about how, you know, boundaries are really, really important. You know, again, grounding in your own spirit, you know, understanding exactly who you are, but not forgetting that, you know, you might have your individual spirit, you might have your individual soul, but we all come from the same space. And the ocean is actually in this um, in this aura as well. And the aura, or sorry, the ocean, I mean, the aura too, um, is very much rooted in the spirit of unity consciousness. Um, but that is the flame and the womb. And what the womb is also very interesting on its own because it asks us to consider, you know, where do we come from? It's basically that question, you know, and it gets us really, really thinking about. So for me, like I said, I believe that um, we come from source, we come from God, you know, it asks you to contemplate, um, so to speak, you know, quote unquote, the mother beyond the mother. So where did you come from? Okay, I came from my mom and my dad. You know, I've got two parents. Um, I came from my mom. Okay, well, where did she come from? You know, and then you can literally, I guess, go through, you know, all of the line, the entire ancestral line of like my human family. And then it's like, okay, well, where did they come from? And so that's where it gets... You know, it goes from being very, very grounded to being very, very mystical, you know, depending on how you answer that question. Um, But again, for the womb and a lot of those cards that ask you, you know, those kinds of questions, it's not so much your answer. It's just having one, you know, being aware. So, for example, this is really important to me or it's very important just in general. um, But the womb, the fact that we are starting out with the flame in the womb suggests that how you kind of understand your spirit, how you kind of understand your soul, and also how you understand your, you know, your birth story, your origin, you know, where you come from, that's going to inform a lot just the rest of the aura, you know, in terms of how you develop boundaries, in terms of what boundaries mean to you. So because I answered the womb's question of like, where do we come from? You know, we come from source, we come from the great mother, we come from God, etc., That's going to shape a lot of how I personally explore, you know, relationships, toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships, you know, what to do, um, how we draw boundaries in the first place. You know what I mean? So kind of starting with the womb is very important because it does, it informs a lot. Um, But I guess we can kind of move on. I really love those two together, you know, because it also reminds us that, you know, even with like the messages of the womb in the ocean that we all come from in me, in my mind that we all come from the same space, individualization and personal boundaries is important. And I, it sounds so obvious, but it did take me a long time to understand why balancing the two was so key because I've, I've gone back and forth, you know, when exploring boundaries and, you know, what does this universal family mean to me? You know, what a source means to me? What does, you know, God mean to me? And I've seen kind of like people go at both extremes. You know, if let's just say you were too heavily focused on the flame. Okay. Then you're too, it's almost like you're too focused on yourself, you know, too self-centered. And I don't mean that in like a negative way, but literally 
your flame, like if you're like, let's just say, you know, you were tending to your inner fire. Okay. You're tending. I don't really know what that means. Um, you're just watching it, you know, again, making sure it doesn't spread into a wildfire, making sure it does, it's not too dim, you know, just like keeping a good balance there. You know, let's just say you were just always looking, you know, down, you were always looking, you know, inward and you're always tending to it. You're not aware of every single other member of this universal family that is, you know, out here, you know, waiting to support you. And if there's anything I've found, because I literally, I promise you, I did not understand this before. You know, there is a way to, you know, have boundaries to balance having your own boundaries and having your own sense of self and your own sense of soul and your own sense of spirit while being, you know, an active part of this universal family. And that's where the womb comes in. So let's just say like, okay, well, what if I was too heavily focused on the womb? You know, that we all come from one source. We all come from one God, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's great. You know, I'm always for unity consciousness, you know, understanding that we are one cosmic family. However, you know, focusing too heavily on the womb, then you don't have a sense of self, you know, you don't have a sense of spirit. So I find it so interesting that that is, you know, where we need to start for today, but it's also perfect, you know, because next, you know, where we're going with this, it's kind of like you have to start your journey you know, through the aura, especially, you know, in this conversation about boundaries with understanding your soul, your spirit, but also understanding where you came from, you know, and understanding and having your own understanding of what this world is. Otherwise, how can you create boundaries within it? You know, so it's kind of like how I open every episode. I always say, like, let's just set up the space. And it's really, I, I'm like realizing, wow, that is really ambiguous and it's really open-ended, but that's kind of the point. You know, what does that really mean to you? For me, setting up the space, it's calling in my, you know, spirit family, you know, really connecting with them um, in the moments before I read the aura. It's just getting really quiet, you know, just like connecting really quickly, you know, checking in. And then we dive deep into the aura the womb is very much, you know, it's not only, you know, what it, it is very much like, okay, where do we all come from? What does this world mean to you? You know, those kinds of big questions. But what that does, especially, you know, and in a conversation about toxic relationships and boundaries, this is really important. The womb is a very nurturing, very loving, it's a very warm card. And I know... So, and that's kind of like a, like a sign that you've kind of answered the womb's question, because when I think about, you know, that we are all from source, we are all from the great mother, we all are one cosmic family, I get like a warm fuzzing feeling inside, fuzzy feeling inside. It's a very nurturing card. And I don't know too much about astrology, but I'm pretty sure the full moon today, it's uh, 1229. Um, so Capricorn season, so cancer moon. So it's like a cancer full moon. And I think cancer actually does have a lot to do with family and, you know, nurturing and the mother. So that's interesting. Like I said, not an expert. So I'm not sure I feel like, but I feel like I got the gist of it. Um, but that's what the womb is. It helps you to find, if anything, you know, the womb and the flame, it helps you find, you know, how, or it helps you answer the question, how is everything outside of you how, how does that help you nurture yourself? How does that help you hold space, you know, for your flame? So for me, you know, the womb helped me to figure out 
how does our universal family, you know, set up this warm, loving, nurturing space, you know, to where I can learn more about my spirit, you know, so where I can, you know, take care of our flame, take care of my flame. And then also going back the other way, then as, you know, I'm tending the flame, you know, as I'm like, you know, figuring out what my soul, my spirit's all about because it's endless. You know, that's like a little bit more of the cave, you know, really invest going on like a deep dive and investigating in that. But grounding in the flame, like I said, very red. Grounding in the spirit also allows you to contribute, you know, to the universal family or to whatever it is that you believe in, in a very nurturing, warm way. So they go back and forth, you know, the womb holds space for the flame, you know, Getting comfortable in our universal family, you know, allows you to understand that you are always supported. You know, you are always nourished by our universal family so that you can, you know, not always be looking over your shoulder so that you can take the time, you know, take the individual time to focus on the flame. And then with the flame, you know, as you're tending to it, it's like, oh, I can also give back, you know, to all of the other flames that might need it. And I can also hold space for them in that way. So that's very much just like understanding, you know, that you are your own spirit, you are your own soul with the flame, but then also understanding, you know, in your own unique way, you know, I only have my way and my way changes, but I only have my way for now. Um, But also understanding that you have your soul, your spirit, but you are also simultaneously, you know, in a family of souls and spirits and how can we all really show up for one another and support and nourish and nurture and provide this, you know, very warm space of like love and acceptance, you know, that sort of thing with the womb for one another. So that's where we're starting. And then we're going to move into kind of shared spaces, like interpersonal relationships. So that was like the personal part of the aura. We're going to move into the shared part of the aura where we have the sword and the maiden. So the sword is literally the ultimate boundaries card of the entire archetypes deck. Um, The sword can be, it's in many, many forms. You know, I've talked about it a lot. Um, The sword is within the violet family. So if you've listened to the, I'm pretty sure that would have been released. Ooh, maybe. Yes. Uh, Ooh, wait. Uh, I'm not sure. It might be today. I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like, no, it is today. Okay, perfect. I think that episode literally released today. So you know a little bit about Violet um, if you've listened to the introduction to Aura's episode on Violet. Um, but Violet is a lot about, it's centered around channeling and it's centered around developing your own personal relationship with God, source, spirit, the universe, or literally just yourself. You know, it's all the same thing. You know, unconditional love, you know, all energy, it's all the same thing. And so the sword has so many multifaceted uses. You know, there's, um, I love the metaphor of the first time that we meet the sword. It's in the form of the scissors. And the scissors, you know, when we come out of the mother's womb, speaking of the womb, because the sword and the womb really do go together in this respect, the scissors are the first thing, you know, when they cut the umbilical cord when you're first born, that separates you from your mother. So I love the, whenever I see the sword and the womb or the sword and the mother and the womb in the same aura, I'm like, ooh, there's like a powerful message here. Um, But yes, okay, so the sword. So yeah, the sword is all about channeling. It's all about, you know, developing your own personal relationship, you know, with creation and what does that look like? And that's where like the sword and the flame go really well together. 
a lot. Of, I mean, they all go really well together. I keep saying that. Um, just in terms of, you know, finding your own unique connection to love. But then also the sword is not only the scissors. The sword can be like the pen um, or like, I don't know. I don't know, even a stick, you know, draw Like think of, I don't know, I keep just, I get this visual of like drawing a line in the sand. You know, the sword is very much understanding, you know, especially in conjunction with the flame, what is yours and then like what isn't, you know? So like what belongs to your channel, what doesn't? You know, I love the sword in the Violet family. I love the entire Violet family. Um, Oh, there's also, there's one more card in here that's from the Violet family. Um, I love anything and everything that has to do with developing your own relationship with God, your own relationship with creation, and then drawing your own boundaries around that. You know, we all have our own very personal, deep connections with unconditional love. You know, if we choose to make that con uh, that connection, the way I see it, unconditional love is within everybody. You know, you're already, it's already there. You know, whether you choose to make that connection is, you know, up to you. You know, in the same way that we all have like the flame within us and we can all develop a connection to that, same exact thing. You know, it just depends on, you know, how you want to live your life. Um, but yeah, the sword, the sword is literally all about boundaries in every single respect. You know, whether it's separating, you know, you from your own mother, you know, making that first cut, you know, wow, I'm like a person now. I'm no longer attached, you know, to this other person. You know, that's where the individualization process begins, you know, within like a human respect. And then if you really want to look at the flame in the womb, you know, we all have our own souls. We all have our own spirits. So on that kind of level and from that perspective, we've always been individual beings. You know, even though we all come from the womb, we all come from the mother, source, God, we all are individual, you know, expressions, emanations of that same energy, you know? So um, that's a little bit about the sword, but the sword and the maiden, that kind of takes on a different flavor. So the maiden, it's the first within the maiden mother crone trio, which is like kind of like the development trio. You know, you move on from the maiden, you know, um, within with respect to like linear time, you know, maidens, like any the time from when you're first born to when you become a mother. Um, and I like to, I mean, this is just like the linear story, the gender, the gender, the archetypes are not gender specific, you know, and that's why I love them. You know, you can be male, you can be female, you can be gender nonconforming and embody the mother, you know, or embody, you know, the maiden, the mother or the crone, you know, the archetypes are for everybody. They're very inclusive, which I very, very much like. Um, but the maiden is basically the stage in your life where, you know, you're kind of just figure, you're just exploring, you know, the maiden is such an enchanting card. It's, it's got so much, you know, vitality. It's a very vibrant energy. You know, the maiden just likes to have fun, you know, kind of explore. And what the maiden and the sword together, and this is where we're kind of getting a little bit more specific here. Um, the maiden and the sword together remind us that everybody, we all have the maiden within us. We're all kind of exploring, you know, and we all have our learning curves. So remember when I said earlier, like boundaries has been a really big learning curve for me. We all have our learning curves. You know, we all have things that we're learning. We all have things that we are constantly exploring. And, you know, whether or not you're like 
in the maiden mother crone stage of life, you know, with respect to linear time, we all have the maiden within us. So we all have that part of us that is constantly exploring, constantly learning. And that's exactly what it is to be human. None of us have everything figured out. I'm sure you've heard that before. You know, if we did, we wouldn't be here, you know? So, and that really does tie into the womb, you know, going back to, you know, where did you come from, you know? And that can answer a lot of questions about, you know, what are you doing here? Um, but we are, we aren't perfect people. And the maiden is that part of us that, again, is constantly exploring. The maiden makes a lot of mistakes. You know, the maiden might need some help, you know, along the way. And that's really important in this conversation, you know, just in conjunction with the sword, because it's not wrong to, you know, have, you know, exploratory, explorative, uh, whatever, um, phases of life where you are exploring and you are making mistakes and you're literally just being a human being, you know, there's nothing wrong with literally just being human because that's exactly who we are. Um, but in terms of, you know, specifically boundaries and toxic relationships, drawing that boundary and understanding that, you know, other people can learn, you know, and like other people can, you know, do whatever they need to do. And, you know, I guess be on whatever journey that they need to be on. But that does not need to come at the expense of you. And trust me, this took me literally forever to learn. Because if you think of the flame in the womb, you know, just as a cohesive story, you know, the idea, and I'm very much like a big believer in this, that, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly what happens, you know, before we are born, but that's like my favorite question to ask, you know, what is in the space between death and life? You know, what happens after we die and what happens before we are born? I just watched a beautiful movie. Um, Disney Pixar just made it. It's called Soul. I watched it last night and it's all about, um, they call the space after you die. It's like the great beyond. And then the space before you are born, it's like the great before. Um, it's super cute. If you have Disney Plus, definitely like check it out. Or I don't know how else you can watch it, but it's really adorable. It's all about... Um, you know, the big questions of life, like purpose. And I was like, wow, number one, I love kids movies. So this movie was definitely made for me. And number two, how is it that nobody had thought to like put this in a movie before? I just, I absolutely adore it. I'm going to have to watch it again. Um, But yes, back to this reading. Um, So in terms of, you know, unhealthy relationships, like I said, we're all exploring. We all have our learning curves. You know, we all, you know, make mistakes. But that's where the sword comes in to say, you know what? And it, it really, really depends because this is where the flame and the womb really come out. Um, the womb, again, it's a nourishing, it's a nurturing, it's a very warm space. And it does connect a lot, you know, to the message of unity consciousness, you know, this universal family and how our souls and our spirits are all meant to support one another, you know, in our human forms. They're all meant to you know, show out, show out, show us different dimensions of one another and bring out different sides of one another, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the sword and the maiden, and then, ooh, you know what? That goes perfectly well into the, actually the next pair. What they remind us is, you know, we are all constantly learning through one another. And it's just so interesting how that dance works. But like, okay, let's just say, you know what? I got a perfect example. And this is where, you know, 
you know, for me, I've always been, you know, trying to be like more open, more vulnerable, more honest, but also by also respecting, you know, the other people in my life. But this is not like a, uh, what do you say? This is not a very unique situation. So, and also I noticed, you know, before I even started recording this episode, the people that you are currently surrounded with and, you know, their like relationships and their interactions, they can be very much reflective of what's going on in your own life. And I was having a conversation with someone a couple days ago and he was saying, you know what? I feel like I always have like the answer. I always like have, um, he's very much, he very much embodies the archetype of the healer. You know, he's very much the kind of person to always be holding space for people, you know, always to provide healing to people that needs it. You know, that's just like who he is. And so a lot of people come to them, come to him when like they need, you know, someone to like hold space for them. And he said, you know what? I, we were talking about like a specific situation. Uh, I know this sounds like very ambiguous, but just like go with it for a second. We were talking about a very specific situation. Um, and he was like, I just don't have the answer because it involves me. And you know what? I can't see clearly, you know, so it's kind of like a little blind spot there with the healer, you know, you know, it takes a very, very powerful healer. I mean, we all heal ourselves, but it takes a very powerful healer to be able to take a huge step back, see like the really, really, really large picture and understand where your soul, where your spirit just like fits into everything and like what to do. Because sometimes, you know, if you become too attached, you know, to like certain outcomes and then your ego kind of comes through and it's like, well, wait a minute, I want this outcome, but that might not be the best thing. You know, it's like, it's an, it's a whole very, very interesting thing. Anyway, he's taught me a lot about, you know, how the healer heals itself. And I'm going to talk about that on like a separate episode. Um, but it was so fascinating to me because one of the ways in which like, okay, if you are not able to kind of really take a huge step back and you know, have an objective perspective, you know, when it comes to, you know, your own human relationships, your own relationships, interactions, etc. What you can do is look at the people around you. And then, you know, if you were to give your objective perspective, you know, what would that medicine look like? And then that medicine applies to you. So I hope that wasn't too confusing. Um, like I said earlier, this world is so personal and impersonal at the same time. So to kind of give you a more specific example, you know, and this is where I was just like, I'm so excited to, you know, record this or a healing episode because I've got, you know, I was just thinking the other day, wow, the relationship my friend has with XYZ, you know, where she really needs to just like draw some boundaries is reflecting a lot about how I need to draw some boundaries in my own life. You know, so if I look at her, you know, you know, relationship from a very objective perspective, that medicine, even though it would be personal to her, is reflective of the medicine that, that I need. So again, the archetypes, healing, medicine, you know, love is very personal and impersonal at the same time in that, you know, the medicine that we channel, the love that we channel for ourselves, you know, can also heal one another. It's all very beautiful. Um, okay, but where was I going with that? So, uh, yeah, but this is like a perfect example. It's not super specific because, I mean, this happens like all the time. 
Um, so this person was in a relationship with another person and, you know, they separated, you know, even I've been through this, you know, so it's literally, it's not specific at all. Not this specifically, but okay. Um, but yeah, she was in a relationship with another person and, you know, they broke it off at one point. Um, And, you know, I'm not even sure who broke up with who at this point doesn't matter. You know, my friend, you know, like like it can happen on both sides, um, was very upset. You know, she was very sad. You know, she loved that person. You know, um, if you love someone and it doesn't work out, you know, it's very sad. You know, it's that's not that's just like a very human thing. Um, And, you know, it. Again, she loved that person very, very deeply, you know, so it took her like a little bit, you know, just to like find her own space, you know, kind of ground in the flame energy, ground in her own soul, ground in her own spirit again. Um, She took the time to herself and you began to, you know, engage in that, you know, self-healing process, whatever. But then the other person, the person that um, she broke up with, you know, started like texting again and like, you know, kind of poking through her boundaries, you know? So my friend had like set some boundaries, like, you know, in order for me to heal, I just like can't hear from you, can't talk to you, whatever, you know? And then so person XYZ, you know, comes in, starts poking at those boundaries a little bit. And then, you know, it really interrupted my friend's healing process, you know? Um, And so this is a great example of the maiden and the sword. No one here... No one's like at fault here. You know, we all we all come from one love. We all come from one source. You know, that's the energy of the womb. We all come from the great mother. You know, we're all here to support one another in, you know, different ways, right? And so even like the person XYZ that's like poking at like my friend's boundaries, that's very much maiden energy. You know, it's not there and by the way, that's what I'm saying. We all have a blind spot. You know, we're all, we all have learning curves. You know, there are some areas of life where we are all, we're just not fully aware. And that's because we are human. You know, when you're fully aware, you know, maiden mother crone, you know, just in, on like, um, from a linear perspective, you die, you know, when you kind of come to that crone energy and, you know, the crone is very wise, you know, the crone just like has an understanding and a grasp on, you know, what this world is and like humanity, such a beautiful card, very evolved card, you die. Okay. So as soon as, you know, you're done, you're gone, you know, and the maiden is very, it's a very, very, very young energy. It can be a very naive energy. It's a very, again, exploring energy. And, you know, from like a linear timeline, you know, the maiden is like, you know, quote unquote, before you become a mother, you know, and like, if you're not going to, it doesn't mean you have to give birth to embody the mother. The mother's just like, again, a little bit more established, you know, a little bit more, you know, the mother is very much a yellow, you know, confidence. Um, and the maiden's very orange. The maiden is very, you know, young, creative energy. But um, anyway, so from a linear perspective, we're all kind of in the maiden stage of our lives. You know, we're all kind of still... Um, not apparent by any means, definitely not like established, you know, whatever, even though, and this is again, where the archetypes are interesting. We all have the archetypes within us. We all just express different ones in different ways at different times. We express them, you know, on a spirit soul level, we express them on like a human, you know, linear level. And so even though I have all 70 archetypes within me, 
you know, I'm expressing the maiden right now, you know, on a human linear level, you know, and so we're my friends, you know, that's just like where we are in life, you know, so we all have probably a lot of blind spots and a lot to learn, you know, for sure. And so I'm talking about my friend because literally we're the same, you know, we both have kind of like a blind spot when it comes to boundaries and, you know, I had like <laughs> literally the largest blind spot ever um, a couple of years ago when it came to boundaries, because I didn't understand how you can establish boundaries in a loving way. And that goes and that really does tie into the flame in the womb. So um, I'm the same as my friend. Literally everything my friend is going through now, I either went through like 10 years ago or like a couple of years ago, just in terms of learning about boundaries and honestly, the fact that she's like appearing in my life in this capacity means I've just got so much more to learn, you know, which is always exciting because I love learning um, in any capacity. But OK, so everything, literally everything that she's going through now reminds me of what happened to me like three years ago and my mentality three years ago, you know, and this is why it's so important that the womb showed up in this, you know, boundaries or a healing, because I used to think that, you know, boundaries were harsh, you know, boundaries, you know, were not loving, you know, boundaries meant, you know, shutting people out, you know, boundaries meant, you know, leaving people basically out, you know, out in the cold. Okay. It's like, it's actually not that cold today. It's like 36 degrees. So that's like kind of warm. Um, I lived in Chicago for a while. You know, if, if the, Weather was like, if it was like a positive number, it was warm there. Okay. Like wind chill, whoo, polar vortex, so cold over there. Um, so yeah, 36 degrees is warm, but that's what I thought like having boundaries was that it was like shutting people out and, you know, leaving them alone in the cold to like fend for themselves. And there was just a part of me. I was like, Oh, you know, I can't do that. I don't know how to describe that part of me. Um, but I was like, I just, Oh, I can't like leave people, you know? Um, just like alone, like I want to help them. And that's like my own like deal there. Um, but here's the deal with that. So what I found a couple of years ago, and she's very much reminding me of this medicine that I gave to myself a couple of years ago. You know, we're all here to guide one another. And that's the flame and the womb. You know, the womb, again, the womb is, it's a lot of things, but it's also home. You know, the womb is very much home- you know, finding a home in source, finding a home in God, finding a home in spirit. And so I love the flame and the womb together because it's very much, you know, all of us, it's, it goes very well with this idea that we are all, you know, soul spirits, you know, reminding ourselves that we have a home within our universal family and we're kind of guiding each other back to love, you know, returning to love. And, but here's the thing though, love has infinite forms, you know, love doesn't, always, it doesn't always look, you know, like you think it does. And so for me, I was like, you know, again, leaving somebody out in the cold or like cutting someone out, that's not loving. And I didn't understand that that sometimes is the most loving thing that you can do because it can teach, you know, people on a human level, like, not only, you know, how to really love and respect other people, but how to love and respect themselves. So in this like example, you know, with my friend and like, you know, her ex, you know, whatever her ex partner, my friend, again, very, very much like me, 
So it's just, it's scary. You know, like when we talk, I'm like, wow, this is literally me sometimes in another body, but just like a couple of years ago, but still, apparently I still need this medicine now and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, But yeah, with her and like her ex-partner, you know, without getting into all the gory details, you know, she is very much, well, if I love someone, I can't cut them out. You know, I can't not talk to them. And I get it. Okay. I was very much that way. And, you know, what we're actually, I'm going to have a chat with her like um, later. Cause you know, again, the medicine that you give someone else is all, is also the medicine that you need. So again, very interesting how the world works that way. Cause this is definitely what I need literally as I'm like, you know, as everything's coming through, I'm like, wow, I already see how this applies to my own life. So it's very much not like, oh, I have all the answers and blah, blah, blah. No, that's a part of, you know, all of this. It's understanding that we all heal one another and we all heal one another by, you know, sharing and like, and this is in the shared part of the aura. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense why this story is like, a you know, appearing here. But we all heal one another by being, you know, vulnerable, by being honest and by being open and sharing our medicine because it's very reflective of what we need. So, you know, as I'm like sharing this with you, I'm very much like, wow, this is something that I need. Um, but yeah, with respect to her and her like, you know, previous partner, she's very much like I was like, if I stop talking to them, then like, you know, that means I don't love them anymore. And that's very much how I thought. But what I came to realize is, you know, that's one of the most loving things that you can do, you know, for yourself and for them, because it does two things. You know, when you use the sword and you kind of draw that line in the sand, what it says is you can't violate my boundaries. You can't treat me this way. And that's an act of love to yourself. You know, all those things about like whatever deserving better, you know, deserving, you know, only, you know, people that will treat you with love and respect. That's what that does. And then it sends a very clear as day message like, you need to, and this is like to the other person, you need to do better in terms of loving and respecting my boundaries, you know, because, and I always, again, and I think I just needed this reminder, this full moon, boundaries are, again, one of the most loving and respecting things that you can do. It reminds us that, you know, we are all one universal family. We are all, you know, you know, in this spirit of unity consciousness, we are all here to support one another And boundaries is a part of that too, you know, loving. And so that's, you know, the medicine of the womb, just like radiating throughout the aura, being loving and being nurturing and setting, you know, like holding space for one another. It's not necessarily, you know, violating your own boundaries and saying, let's all sing like Kumbaya at the fire. You know, it's not always like that. There are so many forms of love out there and it's not always going to look, you know, super comfortable. It can be loving, but it might not always be like comfortable to your ego, you know? So for my friend and for me at one point, and literally I know this, you know, one of the most uncomfortable things, you know, either one of us could have done was to draw a line in the sand and say, no, you know, we both, oh my gosh, I've got problems, you know, saying no, she definitely does, you know, and that's, you know, again, I very much believe that the people that are in your life reflect so much about you. And that's where we connect. You know, we both have a lot of problems saying like no and drawing like boundaries and being like drawing that definitive line in the sand. But you know what I mean? 
So again, uh, the sword does two things, you know, and that's just, that's a very specific situation, um, but it literally could be anything, you know, um, I can only speak on what I know. Um, so I, I literally just can't speak on, you know, things that I don't know. Um, but that's just like a very, you know, it's a very simple, but like, again, very personal, but impersonal example, example, because you've probably been in a situation where like you were with someone and now you're not. And there was some sort of boundary that needed to be formed unless literally you got it right off the bat. And like, you've met one person and you've just been with that person. That's so cool. But again, boundaries are a very human thing. So you probably drew boundaries somewhere else in your own life. So, um, but yeah, that took me the longest time to understand, you know, how, you know, drawing a boundary was not only an act of, you know, loving yourself, you know, tending to your own flame, tending to your own spirit, you know, providing that nurturing, loving space so that you can heal or do whatever. And so that, you know, your spirit can glow, it can shine, it can like, you know, the fire can like rage, you know, on or whatever. Um, and also sending a message to someone else, like, you know, really consider and everybody has a different way of loving everybody has like a different way you know like I said we all have a different relate or we all have a and this is a part of the sword we all have a different relationship with God source creation and so naturally we all have a different relationship with unconditional love we all have different ways of expression expressing unconditional love I want to make this clear the sword is not necessarily about like there is one way to love there is one way to respect but there is this element of get clear on what that is. So the flame and the sword together, you know, red and violet, get grounded in what, in your expression of love, whatever that might be, and connect to that, you know, connect to the womb, you know, connect to the source within you and figure out what that looks like and ground in that, you know, because sometimes, and literally I've also been on the other end when I didn't respect other people's boundaries and I was just like out there, you know, in full maiden mode, you know, and I was like learning, you know, and again, it's not a bad thing, but I did. Oh, I'll never forget. Um, one time my ex-partner, you know, because we were doing this whole thing where like, you know, they were my best friend, you know, before we even started dating. Right. And so we tried to do that weird thing, you know, that like children do not children, but you know what I mean? You know, that weird thing that, you know, kids do when like you break up with someone or there is a breakup and you try to remain friends because you want to preserve the friendship, of course. And you know what? One day they just shot me a text and they were like, literally, I'm never, not like this, but they were like, I'm never going to heal if we keep hanging out. It's just not going to work. And I was just like, okay, you know, that at the time that really sucked, but I was like, you know what? It's just how it needed to be. And, you know, we're not friends, but that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You know, it taught me a lot in terms of, you know, why, and I needed that medicine later. It, it literally, it's all connected, you know, because, you know, when they sent me that text and was like, I'm never going to get over you if like, we're all like hanging out and like, whatever. Um, and both of us even are never going to be able to fully move on. That was medicine I needed later, you know, to really understand. And, you know, I didn't, I honestly, now that I'm like thinking about it, I'm like, I didn't see that as like a form of hostility. I didn't see that as them, you know, throwing me out to the wolves and like leaving me in the cold or whatever. I'm like, they needed to do what they needed to take care of them. They needed to do, you know, what they needed to do 
you know, to take care of their soul, to take care of, you know, their expression of spirit. And also that released me, you know, to do the same, you know, so it boundaries, the sword, it's very mutually loving. You know, it teaches, it allows you to love and respect yourself by saying, this is what I need. This is what my spirit needs. And then it can teach someone else like, you know what, you're violating my boundaries unconsciously, subconsciously, consciously. I don't really know, but it's time for both of us to kind of return to love, return to, you know, the love of the womb, you know, return to source and just like kind of give each other both of a, like a reality check. You know, I find it interesting that the flame and the sword, they both very much have to do with clarity. You know, like I said, the, the flame, clarity of the spirit. And then the sword is also clear, you know, boundaries. You know, what are my very clear boundaries? So now we're going to move on and we're going to move on to the collective section of the aura. And that is the venom and the warrior. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. So, okay, the venom appears as opal. And there is a whole, again, introduction to aura color series. Um, there's an episode on opal. I'm not sure if that'll, I don't think that'll be released yet. So I'm just going to go over that a little bit. Opal is your souls, your spirits, you know, loves, you know, multidimensional beauty and radiance. So it's very much like how you radiate, you know, all of the different dimensions of love in a very full and vibrant way. Just think of it again, think of it as like your soul's radiance and like every single archetype within the Opal family contributes to that full expression of radiance and every single archetype in like the whole, you know, universal archetypal family also contributes to that. So opal is uh, opal essence. It's rainbow. So it integrates all of the other colors, you know? And so it's like, it's combined of all of the other archetypes. And then the specific archetypes in that family really show us how to bring that soul's multidimensional radiance and beauty out. And one of those ways is through the Venom. So the Venom, one of my favorite cards of all time. If I had favorites, I'm pretty sure I do because I'm human. I have favorites. You know, what can I say? You know what? I have cards that I'm just like a little bit more connected to than others because I go through different seasons with different cards. I develop different relationships with different cards. You know what I mean? So the Venom is one of those. And the Venom and the Sword, you know, are perfect. You know, I see them together. I'm like, ooh. So the venom very much asks you to consider, you know, what is my personal venom? And then how is that reflected in everybody else that I'm seeing? So do you know what, do you remember what I said about how, you know, again, every aura healing I do is an aura healing, you know, it connects to the moon, it connects to whatever, but it's really medicine for myself. And that was the inspiration for, the entire series, you know, because again, um, like I was saying earlier, my friend and I were both connected, you know, through the same venom. You know, we both have, you know, the venom is both our teacher just in terms of toxic relationships and boundaries. I've had plenty of toxic relationships in my life and I really had to learn how to like step up there and, you know, really draw some lines in the sand. And, you know, I'm still learning again, the maiden that's still like my learning curve in some respects. And the beautiful thing about like the venom and, you know, the maiden and learning curves is it allows you to channel and create beautiful medicine, you know, and again, that's like a part of, you know, you know, being a spirit, having a spirit and, you know, being human, 
is being able to channel and create that medicine. You know, that the maiden, orange, very, very creative. You know, so all of those learning curves that you have, they are like, again, everything contributes to Opal. They are what contributes to your radiance and what contributes to, you know, what you have to offer. You know, the venom is very much as you heal the venom. So everything that I said earlier about how, you know, when you heal, when you see the venom in somebody else, because it can go both ways, by the way. You know, some people are like, it's just a simple shift in perspective. You know, for some people, one way comes easier than like another way. All the venom is saying here is, you know, again, Opal is very much like we're all connected. And, you know, all of our souls, all of our spirits in their, you know, full vibrant expression, you know, have something to offer one another. And the venom reminds us that, you know, either if we look at somebody else's venom and we understand how to heal it and we understand how to show love to it. It's also showing us to heal and show love to the venom within ourselves or, you know, from a different perspective. You know, if we find, you know, how we heal and show love to the venom within ourselves, we can also do that for other people. And so that's why I love that the venom showed up in the collective part of the aura because it's just a simple reminder that our self-healing is connected to the collective, you know, so you know, in that mini example with like me and my friends, you know, I've been there before, you know, been in my own specific, you know, situations, literally the same. I promise you literally the same. And it's like eerie how that happens. But what that taught me about the venom is, you know, as I'm really paying attention and as I'm really holding space for her, I'm really holding space for myself. And again, that's the womb and that's the flame. You know, that's a part of us that we is ultimately all connected. And then we have the warrior. So the venom and the warrior are in a pair um, in this aura. I remember when I said that this aura is a lot about balance. You know, again, the sword and the maiden balancing the understanding that, yes, we are all here. We all have our learning curves, you know, but again, not sacrificing your spirit. You know, if you feel so ungrounded in your spirit, you know, I was like snapping, but I realized I don't think that sounds good in the mic. You know, it's really time to draw that line in the sand so that way you can take care of your own spirit, you know, because I mean, I don't know. I don't know too much about like energy. You know, there's a lot about like empaths out there and like I don't really know about all of that. But, you know, I am getting this like mini message of, you know, sometimes when you don't draw your boundary, it's kind of like if you don't do it you kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit and you can kind of not be aware of like, you know, what is your spirit? What is your channel? And what is somebody else's? You know, I don't know why that's coming through right now. Again, I don't know too much about like empaths. And like, I know there's a lot of talk about like empaths and like narcissists and like, what does that, you know, mean? And like, what is being a dysfunctional empath mean? And like protecting your energy and like, blah, blah, blah. I don't really know about like all of that, but I do know like in my own words, from my own perspective, getting clear on your own channel and your own relationship with God and like what is yours and what isn't is very important. It's very much just like what's coming from love and like what isn't, you know, what's coming from like ego and what isn't, you know, Um, that's like a little aside there. But yeah, back to the warrior. So yeah, the warrior is blue. Blue is all about balance. And What I love about the warrior, especially in conjunction with like the womb and the flame, is that the warrior 
very much, oh, wait a minute. I, I already like kind of talked about the warrior. I was like, hmm, um, the warrior is all about, <laughs> my voice just cracked there. The warrior is all about sharing. It's all about sharing, you know, stories of like past wounds, past like traumas, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the warrior sharing stories of the venom so everybody can heal. So um, think of like the uh, the warrior in a very like linear, you know, human aspect, you know. So what do warriors do? They go to battle, you know, and if they are a warrior, I mean, maybe they, you know, pass away as a warrior or whatever. But if they are here to tell the tale, they survived. OK, they survived whatever traumatic experience, you know, um, they whatever they survived the battle. Right. And so after the warrior is done with the battle, oh, wait a minute, the warrior and the sword are together. I didn't even notice that. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, that's very interesting. Yeah, the warrior and the sword. The warrior very much, um, oh, that is so interesting. Sorry, just like had like a little moment there. Um, but yeah, the warrior very much uses a sword. You know, it goes to battle, um, it does what it needs to do. And then it comes back and it shares its story. So it shares its truth. And the warrior is very much the card of, you know, let's share with one another and how incredibly healing that can be. And what the warrior does, I like the warrior and how it, like for me, I translate it to the warrior of love and truth. And here's why. So what the warrior encourages all, us all to do is to get, you know, share. It's to be honest. It's to be vulnerable with our stories so that we can heal one another. And vulnerability and honesty, again, that's been coming through so much for me, you know, especially within the last couple of days. Because I think, you know, I think what it is, is, you know, being vulnerable and honest, you know, and open with myself has, you know, helped me a lot just in terms of, you know, toxic relationships, boundaries, and basically the medicine of this, you know, full moon or a healing. Um, but the warrior speaks to how that can help other people, you know, how sharing stories of your venom can help other people, you know? So, and it's not necessarily, again, the warrior, the warrior of love and truth what it does is the warrior in the blue family. So the blue family has a lot to do with balancing your truth with the truth of the collective. So what it does is it, you know, kind of going back to the flame it on and the womb, it kind of honors that you have your own personal truth. You know, the warrior and the sword, you have your own relationship with creation, your own relationship with God. And thus you have your own relationship with the venom and you have your own stories. You know, the warrior is not threatened. You know, basically, the warrior understands that since we all have our own relationships with love, you know, we all have our own truth. And the warrior is able to balance the understanding that even if two different truths conflict, there's space for them all within the womb, you know? So let's just say I, um, so like the warrior of love and truth, like let's just say with my friend and like her ex-partner. They both have their own relationships with God, um, creation, whatever, the universe, unconditional love within them. And honestly, they both, they, I mean, I'm sure if they both shared their truths, they would both, you know, they, there might be some conflicting pieces. But the warrior doesn't judge. You know, the lightest expression of blue is non-judgment. You know, it doesn't judge. It just holds spaces for everything. You know, even if things seem to conflict. And so what the warrior can do, like imagine like, um, a warrior, you know, sitting around a fire 
you know, and like there are all of these warriors because we all have the warrior within us and we're all just sharing our stories. You know, the warrior is very much protecting this vision that we can all share different parts of each other without. And if two of them, you know, contradict or conflict, you know, no one has to feel threatened. You know, it's just like a like think of like a very open and safe space where you can share your stories of love. You know, you can share your experiences, you know, of love and truth and, you know, whatever without, you know, anybody attacking you or without anybody feeling threatened. I always say if like, if people like go into defensive mode or whatever, it's like they're fighting for their truth, you know, specifically, and they feel the need to like either prove something, you know, to themselves, whatever, or, you know, it's kind of like, you know what the warrior is? The warrior is very much, it's so balanced. It's so calm. It's so confident in its own truth that it can handle hearing the truths of other people. And again, what's interesting about the warrior is it's not a warrior. It doesn't just, it's not protecting its truth. That's not the point of the warrior. The warrior fights for and protects. Oh, I love this with the warrior and the sword. Okay. Um, so what the warrior, you know, fights for and protects is not its own truth specifically. It fights for truth and love in general. And so that's why I love, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I love the combination of, you know, the warrior and the sword, blue and violet, because what the warrior does with the sword, you know, as it draws boundaries, you know, in this very specific instance is it's fighting for, you know, you can have your, it's fighting for the concept of love and truth in general, You know, it's fighting for, you know, when you draw a boundary in the sand, you know, imagine like the warrior drawing like a little boundary. I have my truth. I have my expression of love, you know, and you have your truth and you have your expression of love. This relationship isn't serving us. Let's take some time apart so we can both, you know, reconnect to source love, the truth of unconditional love within us separately. And that's how we can best support one another. Again, the warrior, there's so much, there's so many messages from the warrior. It's almost overwhelming, but that's the biggest one, you know, is that again, the warrior is not about fighting for its own truth. It's not about being argumentative. That's the shadow of the warrior, especially within the blue family. The blue family, again, has a lot to do with truth. It has a lot to do with, you know, balancing the truth and connecting to the truth, etc. But it's not fighting for its own individual truth. If anything, it's fighting for balance. You know, it's fighting for, you know, the love that is found within balance. Again, the warrior with the sword, you know, blue and violet, you know, in this instance, it's very much, you know, fighting for everybody to be able to connect to, you know, truth and love in their own way and to be connected to it and to return to it, you know, so... Um, let's just say we're going with the example. Oh, you know what? I'll just give a personal example. So, um, cause this, this fits really well. So at the beginning of like end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I wasn't in a, okay. So <laughs> interesting story here. Not really. I'm sure a ton of people have done this. So, um, I dated this person, you know, um, for like a couple of years, like on and off, you know what I mean? And like, he was like my best friend in the entire world. Okay. Uh, Oh, this is like a perfect, I like literally this is perfect to like wrap up like um, 2020 with because 2020 ends in a couple of days. So 
Um, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So this person was like my person. You know, I don't. I mean, never mind. You don't own people, but you know what I mean. This was like my very, very special person. Okay. And oh, everything is just connecting. So, um, we were on and off for a couple of years, and then we had been off the past like two years or so, right? However, um, both had such like, or I, you know, what I can only speak for me. I had such terrible boundaries that we were still acting like we were together. And yes, you know what I rem, and I remember this so clearly. It does take two to tango. You know, it takes two to, you know, violate boundaries, to, you know, to set up that container, to set up that space, you know, for a relationship, but you don't control what other people do. You can only, you know, you have to at some point, and this is literally what happened. I was like, I have to take responsibility for how this is going. You know, it was very much a situation where I just like had a come to Jesus moment one day because I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. And literally I can't remember what card it was. I really wish I could remember. Um, but I was like, all right, one card, like, cause I was really confused. And sometimes that's what the archetypes can do. They can provide you, you know, just a, a little bit of clarity and help you to take a step back. But I don't remember what card it was, but when I saw it, I was like, I need to apologize to him. And at the time, I know this is so vague, but it's like, this is not what this podcast episode is about. Um, so I'm trying to like keep it that way. Um, but literally all you need to know is like we were on and off for a while and like it, I was having so much trouble because I was like, I really want this man in my life. You know, he means the world to me. This is literally my best friend. I've known him for like five, six years. I mean, which in the grand scheme of things, I guess isn't that long, but we dated. So, you know, there's like a certain level of intimacy, you know, that comes with that. Um, and at the time I was like, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to fix, you know, how to fix this. And I can't remember what, you know, card came through. It might've been the prayer actually. I don't know. That's just the first card that came to mind. So I'm going to go with it. I'm pretty sure it was the prayer. Um, but whatever it was, it said, basically you need to apologize and you need to move on. And I mean, none of, the, and that's where it's like a little difficult because none of the cards, as far as they're like, you know, I think at the time I was like using the guidebook or something because it like just came out and I was like, you know, I didn't really know how to like channel on my own, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it was like, look, and none of the cards have that description of like, you need like to like apologize, you know, that's just like what came through. And so I think it was the prayer, but that, that was the medicine. I was just like, I need to apologize. I need to apologize for what? And it just, it all clicked and it all made sense. And I wrote him this letter. I was like, you know what? Because it was very much a situation of, you know, he said he wasn't ready for a relationship and I wasn't listening. Okay. I was being, you know, I had my head like stuck on my butt and I just was not listening to what he was saying. And that's where a lot of it, you know, that's where the mismatch, that's where the miscommunication came from. I really do think this was the prayer actually. Um, but that's where a lot of it came from. You know, he you know, said, you know, very clearly, you know, I'm not like ready for a relationship right now. We had already been in one. Um, but at the time, that's just not what he wanted. And I was very much, you know, stuck, you know, my head literally in the clouds thinking we're going to end up together anyway, you know, so we can just continue acting like we're in a relationship. And I was very much violating his boundaries, you know, and I just realized that day I was like, I've been so stupid. You know, he's been, he has literally told me, 
he doesn't want a relationship. And here I am, you know, encroaching on his boundaries, trying to infiltrate and like cross the line over and over and over again. And I realized, you know, the only way to end this cycle, you know, where like we're together, but we're not really together and like whatever. And to have like a clean slate, to have the clarity and the clean slate and ultimately, you know, return back to my spirit was to just apologize, apologize for, you know, violating his boundaries and move on. And that's what I did. I wrote a, like a little letter because I'm I'm very much into writing. My handwriting sucks, okay? But that's how much this meant to me. And like, I wrote him a letter and I was like, basically, you know, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for violating your boundaries. I feel like a lot of, you know, the, not like tension, but you know what I mean, you know, or, you know, in archetypal terms, a lot of the venom that's in this relationship is because, you know, I wasn't respecting your boundaries. You told me you didn't want a relationship and here I am, you know, trying every which way to like worm my way in, you know, to cross the line and to make it seem like we are in one and to try and like have that with you. And you told me a long time ago that you didn't want one. And this is the sword's energy going back to the sword and the venom a little bit, maybe just the sword. I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. I was only listening to what I wanted, you know, and that and that's like the shadow of the sword, you know, and the sword in terms of like boundaries and toxic relationships. Um, I wasn't listening, you know. And so, like I said, I've had my boundaries violated. And you know what? I just gave you an example of, you know, how I violated somebody else's boundaries. You know, that's the maiden. Boundaries are my big learning curve. And I should have, I mean, you know, you don't know better until you do, you know? And so that's a part of the maiden too. And like, my mom always says this, when you know better, you do better, you know? Up until that point, I really didn't know any better. But once I had that moment of clarity, you know, again, with the sword, And also with the flame a little bit, because like I said, they are both very much connected to clarity. I was just like, this cannot go on. I literally, once I had that moment, I I just started writing. I was like, I'm sorry. And again, he wrote back and said, you know, it does take two to create a relationship. But like I said, the sword is, and the sword and the flame are very much about ownership and responsibility in two different ways. You know, the sword, you know, taking ownership, taking responsibility, of your boundaries and, you know, understanding that you can't cross into other people's boundaries. And then the flame, ownership, responsibility, clarity of what is your spirit and what is not. And I just, in that moment, I was like, this isn't me. You know, I'm not, not really, you know, this is how I've been acting, but this isn't me. You know, this isn't the kind of person, you know, that I want to be. This is not how I want to conduct myself from now on, you know? So, Um, This is very much going all the way back. This is very much the warrior, you know, as and so again, the warrior and, you know, the sword go really well together um, because the warrior is not just using the sword in battle. The sword comes in all different forms. You know, the warrior, you know, sometimes can use the pen, you know, so that's my example of the warrior and the pen. I realized in that moment, this is not about. And so being right or being dogmatic and being judgmental, those are all shadows of blue, right? In that moment, I was like, you know what? It's not about demonizing him. It's not about, you know, villainizing myself. I can only take ownership and responsibility for what I've done and how I violated this person's boundaries and then go from there. You know, so I sat there, you know, embodying the warrior and holding the sword as my pen. And I was like, I'm not fighting for my truth. I'm not here to say like, you did X, Y, Z wrong and I was right or like, whatever. No, I was like, you know what? 
I'm not in this, not in these exact words, but looking back at it, I was 100% embodying the warrior. You know, I was embodying the warrior of love and truth. I was absolutely just, I was like, let me just share my perspective. You know, let me apologize, you know, apologize, you know, for not listening to you, apologize for not, or for absolutely, you know, violating your boundaries. Let me apologize for all of that and then fight for the truth of love that exists within both of us. And so here's where, you know, all of that comes together. Uh, Especially with the venom. We were not embodying the truth of our spirits with one another. You know, there was a certain, there was a time and a place for our relationship. Just not anymore, you know? And so in that moment, I realized in order to give us both a fair chance at, you know, really embodying the truth of love and really channeling love and like, you know, being the most loving people and fighting for the and, you know, really embodying the truth of love that we both have, you know, our inner flame, whatever this relationship needs to just be done, you know? And so in that moment, that's what I was fighting for. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me to be right. It wasn't for him to be right. It was just like, we need to draw some boundaries, you know, and that and that was like the ultimate boundary for me was just like, we need to break it off. You know, we need some time and some space apart so that we can both ret- return to the truth of love within ourselves. And that's the warrior, you know, the warrior, you know, it's one of, the, especially with blue, blue is all about perspective, truth, et cetera. It's not all about you. And so again, the warrior is a lot about, it is a lot about, you know, balancing your own truth with like the truth of our, you know, universal family members. The warrior as a part of the blue family does have the ability to just like step outside of itself and be like, how do I balance this out? You know, what do we both need? And that's really, really important with the sword just in terms of, Okay, boundaries, again, they are loving on both sides. If you are drawing a boundary, it's loving on both sides. So what do we both need? In that case, we both needed to move on. And I knew by drawing that boundary, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen on his end. I don't know what's going to happen on my end. But I was like, this is not serving either one of us anymore. And it's time. You know, it's time to draw this boundary. It's time to release this. And... That was very hard. You know, that was very difficult. You know, I had this man in my life for like, again, five to six years. Um, That's not, I guess, the longest period of time, but it's not exactly too short. I guess it's short in the grand scheme of things, really. Um, But at the time for like the percentage of how long I've lived, it's a long time. Um, But and like I said, it wasn't easy, but I noticed as I wasn't. Oh, here it is. I was like, I knew this, like the whole thing about like that weird thing about empaths and like energy and like whatnot would like come through eventually. Um, I was focusing, I was basically, you know, as I was like violating, you know, his boundaries because I absolutely was, let me tell you. Um, I was putting my energy into places where it didn't belong when it really needed to be used to tend my own fire, you know? So I was putting all of my energy into trying to make a romantic relationship work. When there was no romantic relationship, it was just something in my head. Again, me not respecting, you know, what it is that he wanted and he needed. And yes, we all take a part. But again, you can only take responsibility for yourself. You know, you don't control other people. 
you know, we co-create with other people. We learn from other people. You know, the maiden is a part of the orange family. Orange is all about co-creation. Um, it's all about, you know, creativity, our relationships with creation. We all learn from one another, but we are not, con- we do not control one another. We all co-create with one another. We can surrender, you know, to the power of this universal family in that we all support each other. We all nourish each other, you know, with our souls and our spirits, but we do not control one another ever. We can only take responsibility for ourselves and what we do and how we want to conduct ourselves in our relationships. So that's, you know, the flame, the womb, the sword, the maiden, the venom, and the warrior. Um, but that that was the only way to kind of release the venom, you know, in that specific situation. And that's what the venom, that's what the venom's all about. You know, the venom, it, it, it does exist. It's an archetype. You know, it exists within ourselves. It, you know, it exists within other people. How we connect and relate to the venom is what allows our souls and spirits to fully radiate vibrantly, you know? So in that situation, I had like, both of us really needed to move on. And what that allowed me to do, oh, that's what I was saying, energy. You know, I was putting so much energy into, you know, violating that boundary. And I, again, I needed that energy to really tend to my inner flame. And you know what? 2020, okay. It was, you know, honestly, with the way that 2020, you know, uh, yeah, it was, um, uh, hmm. It was a roller coaster for everybody, okay? Um, 2020 did not suck for me. Um, it did suck actually at many, many points. It didn't wind up that way. So let me, yeah, let me wrap up that story. So at the beginning, like I said, beginning of 2020, that is when I apologized. That is when I set the boundary. And so here's what happened. Instead of me putting my energy into literally violating somebody else's boundaries, you know, putting all of my energy into a romantic relationship that, you know what, he didn't want, I didn't need neither one of us needed, I was able to use that energy to tend to my inner fire and to really return to the womb, you know, and to nurture myself and, you know, blah, 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 all that like self-love, you know, kind of craziness. And by the way, all of this happened before the pandemic. I mean, well, Corona was around, you know, um, COVID was around before then because I was like actually going to move to China and like I couldn't because I was like, oh, um, they COVID-19, I don't really know what that is, but it's in where it's like really close to where I'm going to live. So I guess I can't move there now. You know, it was before, you know, I live in America. So it was before, you know, COVID-19, the pandemic really came to the States. So I set all of these boundaries before any of that happened. I had no idea. And here's the thing, honestly, and this is where timing comes in. I don't think I would have done it if the pandemic happened you know, before then, because then I would have, you know, fallen into the trap of, wait a minute, I can't abandon, you know, anybody. I can't leave anybody out in the cold. This pandemic is isolating enough. I can't, I can't, even me, I can't, you know, stop talking to my best friend, you know, and Kairos is, by the way, in this, um, or uh, a little bit later, this is a long episode. Um, but yeah, if this pandemic, if, I needed to draw this boundary before I even knew the pandemic was going to hit, you know, the States in this way. And I didn't know that, you know, because again, out of fear, you know, of like abandoning somebody that I loved and I loved him so deeply. Um, But again, the most loving thing I possibly could have done was give us both a chance, you know, to kind of like recharge, to nourish ourselves. And that's exactly what I did. 
So that was extremely hard. The pandemic hits. So it's kind of like, I remember at that time it, it sucked. Okay. Like I, my best friend was gone uh, because I chose to set that boundary and I knew that's what I needed, but I was like, dang, you know, this pandemic would be so much easier, you know, if I had my best friend here, you know, and that was very hard, but I did set the boundary. And again, you know, you got to take ownership. You got to take responsibility. I took ownership. I took res- responsibility for that. And I took the time, you know, when the pandemic was at its, you know, height to really spend time tending to the flame, tending to my inner fire. And that's exactly what I needed, you know, and then that's what I needed like all year. You know, I needed a reset and I wanted, you know, that clarity, you know, in terms of my soul, my spirit red, you know, to get grounded in my spirit and my soul again. That's what I really needed because I really lost it. You know, I lost it by violating his boundaries. I lost it by, you know, giving energy to something that I shouldn't have been, you know, giving energy beyond my boundary, you know, into somebody else's boundaries when, again, I needed it for myself, you know? And then fast forward, you know, I'm tending to the fire, whatever. I meet my partner now, you know, I feel like I never talk about him on this podcast. Um, but all of that is to say, you know, I there's no way I would have met my partner now that I love so much if I didn't draw that boundary in the beginning of 2020, you know? So if I didn't draw those, literally, if I did not draw those boundaries in the beginning of 2020, we would have still been in that cycle of the venom, you know? And in this cycle of, you know, violating one another's boundaries and like, you know, doing whatever we had been doing for the past couple of years. And that's what I wanted to put a stop to. You know, I was like, I'm putting so much energy into, you know, going in circles here and I don't want to do that anymore. It has to come to a stop. And I mean, I don't really know, you know, how he's doing. I think he's okay, you know? I mean, that's not really my business right now, you know, um, because that's what, you know, happens with boundaries. You know, you kind of set them free or whatever, you know, you want to call it. But when I think about all of the, it's not even just my current partner, it's all of the friendships I developed this year. It's the relationship with myself I developed this year. You know, there's just so much there. Um, Yeah, relationship with myself, relationships with my friends. You know, I got to, you know, put more attention into my relationships with my family members. You know, there's just so much clarity. Yeah, and then like my new partner now, none of that would have come through if I didn't set those boundaries, you know, because then I would still be stuck in like this holding pattern, you know, planes when they're like flying around in circles. If I let that continue, that's where I would be now. Okay. So now we have the storm and this aura is moving in like a very, very interesting way because I feel like I just told you all about my personal storm. So the storm is like, it's the chaos, you know, and basically the storm, it's a part of the green family. So it's a very healing card, but it's very, it brings about its own very unique healing. So it's not like a very cozy, comfortable healing by any means. Like I said, very chaotic. The storm is um, actually right with the ocean. So imagine that there is like a crazy storm like brewing, um, you know, up to like full speed, like above an ocean, you know, that's a very interesting visual to me. Um, So my personal storm was at the beginning of 2020. Literally everything that I just described to you, you know, at like five seconds ago with my previous partner, that was my storm. Okay. That was my, I mean, that was actually one of the storms of 2020. There were plenty. Okay. But 
That's an example of the storm. And what's interesting about the storm is the storm is, it's the result of precarious conditions. It's not the cause of them. So the storm, that storm had been brewing for years, okay? That storm had been brewing you know, since the time, again, going back to like boundaries and everything I just talked about, that storm had basically been brewing since he did set his boundary and said, you know what, I don't know about a romantic relationship. And then, you know, we continued. We continued as if we were in one. That storm had been brewing ever since then, you know, and it was what happens with the storm. The storm has different stages, right? OK, it can like I mean, I don't know too much about science, so like bear with me. Um, it can start like, you know, with some rain, you know, it's, it's raining outside, you know, like whatever rain is not a big deal, right? You kind of like, you're like, you know what? Rain is good. You know, the plants need the water, you know, some places are in a drought. Rain is good. Okay. Um, but then the rain, it's like heavy, you know, it's like a thunderstorm and you're like, oh, okay. You know, there's some lightning. That's a little scary. Um, still not a big deal. You know, thunderstorms are normal and you know what? Rainstorms and thunderstorms are normal, you know, well, depending on where you live, but Um, Maybe not if you live in like the desert. Okay, but where I live, pretty normal. Um, But then maybe there's some wind. And then, you know, some wind comes through and you're like, ooh, you know, ooh, you know, this doesn't look too good anymore. Um, You know, the wind's, you know, coming through. It's howling, you know, and this is like above the ocean, you know. So it's just, you know, it's raining. We, We went from like, you know, a little like a drizzle, you know, to a rainstorm, to a thunderstorm. You know, we got some wind in there. Now it's a hurricane. Okay. And that, you know, just sometimes it snaps. Like it's just a hurricane. And that's what happened. You know, at first, you know, I didn't, with my personal example, you know, not really understanding how important boundaries were. You know, as soon as the boundary, you know, started to get muddled, you know, in the beach, on the beach, you know, in the sand, you know, near the ocean and the storm, that's when things became a little bit, you know, precarious, you know? So I hope that's the right word there. Um, but never mind, just looked it up. Pretty sure that is the right word, kind of. So, um, but yeah, things are like changing. <laughs> things are like unstable, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's that's the energy of the storm. You know, it does, it starts out as a drizzle, And you're not fully aware, you know, as you're continuing the way that you are continuing that it has like the drizzle has the potential to develop into the full blown like, uh, what is it? Stage five hurricane, you know, you're not aware of that. And I certainly wasn't, you know, a couple of years ago, it was just a drizzle, you know, as we were, you know, doing whatever we were doing. And then as we continued, you know, then there was some rain. And then there was, you know, the thunder and the lightning and then the wind and then the stages of the hurricane and the hurricane, the chaos, the whirlwind, it came through at the beginning of 2020 when I was just like, wow, this is too large to ignore. And what the storm does, again, it's not it's not comfortable um, by any means, but it does give you an opportunity to heal. And that's why it's a part of the green family. The green family is all about healing. Um It's all about, you know, rebalancing or, yeah, healing is a lot to do with rebalancing. But yeah, it's all about being your own healer. It's about showing up, you know, as a healing and holding the healing space, you know, for others. Um, That's green in a nutshell. Green is healing. Um, And the storm, you know, and you can catch it at any stage. Maybe you're good and you catch it at the drizzle. And, you know, I remember there were some points where it was like a thunderstorm and I was like, 
you know what, I think something does need to change here. Um, and I didn't make it happen. And it was only when, again, the storm is a result of, you know, your actions. It's not the cause of them. It's a result of like untended boundaries of untended venom. Um, it's the result of everything that's happening. It's not like the storm appears out of nowhere, you know, storms, again, not a science person, but they do, they, you know, they're created over time. They don't, yeah, exactly. You know what? I don't need to be like a, um, a meteorologist know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't need to be an expert in the weather to know that storms don't just pop out of nowhere. Okay. They, they brew. Okay. They start, you know, one way and then they like, I don't know, they shift and they change over time. That was my personal storm. That was my, you know, huge wake up call, you know, with respect to, you know, that relationship. And here's the thing. That relationship wasn't always toxic. Yeah, you know what? It has its moments. You know, that was my first, you know, real, I would say my first real serious relationship ever. Okay. Was that relationship. And here's the thing. It was, you know, loving and stable at one point, you know, and this goes back to the flame in the womb. And, you know, something I was thinking about the other day. Yes, we're all here to like guide each other home to the love and the source within one another. And actually, oh, perfect. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, this is actually the vessel and Kairos. So this is like a perfect example. So the vessel is very much, we are all containers for source. You know, we are all containers of creation. We are all vessels for creation. So I am a vessel of love and so are you. And it's not just people, it's everything. Everything that can be a container or a vessel you know, plants, animals, you know, the planets in the sky, the sun, the moon, you know, those are all vessels for love, for creation, for God. Okay. Orange, uh, the vessel is a part of the orange family, just like the maiden. So orange is a lot of, uh, co-creation. It's a lot of creativity. Um, it's a lot of, yeah. Like what is our co-creative relationship look like with the world around us? You know, that's very much the vessel and then the vessel and Kairos. Okay. This is a, such a special combination because Kairos is mythic time. It is divine timing. And so these two in conjunction with each other, very, very powerful. And what it says is, you know, different people, you know, within this universal family, different people come in, you know, to our lives at different times to show us love in different ways, but they all have their own divine timing, you know? And so what I was doing, you know, in that relationship, so there was a time, okay, there was a time for, you know, for us, you know, there was a time, you know, we were both vessels of love for each other. You know, we were there to reveal different dimensions of love, you know, and, uh, you know, of love within, you know, our spirits respectively. There was a time for that. But then, you know, with Kairos, there is a time for those things to end, you know, and, and here's the thing with divine timing, you know, divine timing happens exactly as it's meant to, you know, because think about it, you know, I can use divine timing to look at that relationship and be like, you know what, that really should have just ended, you know, maybe two years ago, maybe a year ago. Uh, well, I guess two years ago by now, you know, we should have probably taken a break, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, and just like kind of went on our own paths, you know, to do whatever we need to do in this lifetime, you know? However, divine timing, it's just, it's always there. It's always a guide. So let's just say 
you know, it did end two years ago. Here's the thing. I wouldn't have learned everything that I'm learning about boundaries, you know, even right now, you know? So if I didn't kind of spend, you know, if, if relationships had an expiration date, let's just say they did. Um, basically we just went on past our expiration date, except there is no expiration date because really going beyond our expiration date allowed us to learn about boundaries or allowed me to learn about boundaries in a very unique personal way that I needed, you know, because it did highlight, you know, yo, you know, you still got some, you know, issues with boundaries, you know, and that is actually reflected in other relationships in my life. You know, that's just one example, you know, so that's the vessel and Kairos, you know, it's a very, very clear message, different people, you know, within this universal family show up, you know, in your life at different times to show you something. And that's only one example. You know, my friend that I was talking about earlier, her relationship with her ex-partner, you know, her being in my life, you know, so heavily and so with such presence, you know, showed me, you know what? I might not be able to see it very clearly, but she's here to show me something. And this is what I love about this world is that we all have, you know, God within one another, within ourselves, and God is within everybody, you know, constantly revealing love and revealing, you know, healing and revealing medicine, you know? So I I remember the day that I was like, you know what? It's not a co- there, And this is where Kairos comes in. Kairos basically says, Kairos is synchronicity. So it's, um, there are no coincidences. You know, I was like, there is no, so this uh, girl that I'm talking about, my friend, we actually went to the same high school. And this is where I was like, this is not a coincidence. So my high school is not that large. You know, there's like a graduating class of like less than 350 people or something like that. So it's it's the kind of school where, you know, you're not best friends with everybody, but everybody knows of everybody. So I knew of her, you know, for a long time. And she was actually, I met her and um, through my best friend, you know, um, my closest friend here. Um, they have their childhood friends, you know, but we just in high school never ran in the same circles, just completely different interests, whatever. And then, of course, you know, once things you know started to open up in the summer with the pandemic, we started to connect, you know. And so that's why I'm like, it's not a coincidence. I've lived in the same town. I lived in the same town with this girl for like 18 years of my life, you know, and we never really connected. What are the odds? What are the chances that we are so deeply connecting now? And then I was like, you need to pay attention because whatever is, you know, happening here, it's not a coincidence. Like she's here for a reason. That is the vessel and Kairos at work, you know? So when I was, you know, just sitting the other day, on a other week, whenever it was, I literally can't even keep track of time anymore. I realized, you know, she is highlighting something that I can't see. You know, that's the maiden. That's like the blind spot. You know, we all have blind spots. We all have learning curves, etc. And I was like, hmm, what toxic relationships could possibly be in my life that I'm just ignoring right now and that I've been ignoring for months? And, you know, and that's like um, going back to the storm a little bit. There were so many storms over 2020. Sometimes it's like a little hard to keep track, you know? Um, and I was like, is that storm referring to, you know, my ex-partner that I had to, you know, really set some firm boundaries with at the beginning of the year? Yes. But what could it else, you know, what could it possibly, you know, have to do with? And I was like, wait a minute. 
I still have so much, you know, healing I could possibly do just with my parents, you know, and that's like a whole other thing. Um, I won't dive into today or else this would literally be a six hour podcast episode. And I don't know if they're allowed to be that long. Um, but that's just an example. You know, when I was sitting with her and her medicine, because like I said, creation, God, um, source is within everybody. Everybody is like a, everybody is a vessel for love and everybody is a vessel for healing and medicine, you know? So her and her, you know, toxic relationship, whatever is, you know, happening there. I was like, she is too much of a presence in my life for there not to be some parallel somewhere. And honestly, it's not about creating, you know, problems that don't exist, you know, because it's not like, you know, oh, wait a minute, she's in my life and she's going through this. You know, what does that mean about me? You know, it is a little bit of that, but it's not about creating problems that don't exist. What that can do, you know, the vessel and Kairos is almost highlight the storm at its early stages. So do you remember what I said about how, you know, storms develop? They develop over time. Um, That storm with my ex-partner started out as a drizzle. And again, you think drizzles are normal. They are barely noticeable, but it's still, it's a storm in the making. You know, you don't know it's going to turn out that way, but it does. And so what that can do um, what the vessel and Kairos, what that can perspective can do is say, you know, just like take some inventory, you know, for a second. You know, the vessel and Kairos together are a very powerful mirror. Again, suggesting that different people, different places, different circumstances, different energies, different aura colors, archetypes, um, plants, animals, whatever, they show up in your life at a very specific time to mirror something to you. What is it? You know, and paying attention. And again, not creating problems that don't exist, but just to notice, you know, what storms could possibly be brewing here. And when, and I mean, for me, it's like plain as day. And here's the thing, like right now, it's not a stage five hurricane, maybe stage three, you know, I don't know. But um, that's how powerful those cards can be. You know, it's just to suggest that Nobody in your life, literally not one person, and I do believe this, I believe nobody in your life, not one person, you know, not one leaf, okay, on a tree. I mean, there are no leaves on the trees because it's winter where I am, Um, but not one tree, not one animal, you know, not one breath that is taken. Nothing is a coincidence. Everything is showing up for you, and this is back to the womb. Everything is supporting you. Everything is healing you. Everything, we are all supporting each other, as, you know, as one universal family. Oh, and then here's the thing. So that's like a very self-centered approach. You know, that's like saying, oh, the world revolves around me. Everything's here to serve me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we can like also flip that so it's balanced, you know, balance. I'm also in her life, you know, for a reason. You know, um, all God is equal. All creation is equal. You know, she's as much in my life as I need to be in hers you know? And that's where the warrior comes in. You know, the warrior sharing, sharing your truth, you know, sharing your stories, sharing your stories of the venom. Oh, those those four are like such a dynamic, like, uh, what is it? Quartet? I don't know. Uh, Whatever four is, you know, Um, those two pairs are incredible together. Um, Because that sums up everything I've been thinking about, you know, for like the past couple of weeks, you know, the warrior sharing your stories of the venom, really opening up, really being honest. Okay. The venom is not an easy card. It's kind of like the shadow, 
you know, the shadow is also a part of the opal family. Um, so again, you know, integrating like the venom and the shadow, you know, allows you to really explore and express your soul's multidimensional beauty and radiance, you know, in a very full and very vibrant way when you integrate the venom and the shadow. Um, but they're not easy. You know, the venom's not necessarily easy. Um, the shadow, it depends on how willing you are. They can be easy. You can do it with a lot of ease and a lot of grace. It just depends on if you are resistant or not. You know, if you're very opening and welcoming to like the venom in this case, you're good. You know, it's not hard. You know, it's 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 as hard as much as you resist it. Um, but anyway, yeah, the warrior sharing your stories of the venom, you know, the more open, the more vulnerable, the more honest you are with other people. And the again, the warrior of love and truth is very much sharing your medicine because as you heal the venom within yourself, you're sharing the medicine. That helps to make it like abundantly clear, you know, with respect to the vessel and Kairos, why certain people, why certain spirit guides, why certain angels, why whatever um, animals, plants, whatever are in your life when you really pay attention to their own unique medicine. And um, it really, it applies to literally everything around us. You know, the vessel, again, orange, being creative. The things that are here to support you, that depends on your creativity and your creativity alone. You know, you can say it's just people, you know, if you want to, and that's great. Okay. It's, that's, you know what? Acknowledging, you know, people as a part of your universal family or, you know, that's what creates your universal family. That's beautiful, you know? Um, that's spectacular. I like to open it up into the unseen a little bit, you know, open it up into, you know, your spirit guides, your spirit, my spirit family, animal allies, plant allies, spirit allies. You know, um, I don't really connect to like angels, but like your angels or your ancestors or um, other extra dimensional beings, you can really open it up. Or like I said, you know, the planets, like astrology, you know, other celestial bodies, you know, those are all vessels for love too. You know, everything is a vessel of love. Everything is a vessel of God put into your life at a certain time and a certain place, you know, guided. You're always being guided by Kairos, guided by divine timing. It just depends on how open you are. And the warrior and the venom, the more you open up, the more vulnerable, the more honest, the more you share your truth of love, you know, the more you share, you know, how you healed your own venom, that allows other people to see it too. Like I said, it goes both ways. My friend was in my life for as much of a divine timing reason as I was in hers. You know, it goes both ways. And so this is perfect for, this is literally everything that I just said is the ocean. So like I said, the storm and the ocean go together. The ocean is gold. Gold is, you know, finding the abundance inside of you and outside of you. Um, one of my favorite, like, kind of um, my favorite thought right now, my favorite download is that you have all of creation, you know, you have, you know, the entire entirety of, you know, existence, you know, the cosmos, you have all of that inside of you. You have the planets, you have the sun, the moon, the stars, you have all animals, you know, plants, you know, you have the entire spirit world, you have sp all the spirit babies, you have literally all of creation, literally all of existence inside of you, that is gold. That is the gold family. And the ocean, um, the ocean reminds us that we are but literally one drop. 
you know, within the ocean of unity consciousness. You know, the ocean has like a bunch of different messages, you know, specifically here, you know, the ocean and the storm, you know, I mean, that's, that's one part of the ocean. So that's the ocean in combination with the venom and, or sorry, the ocean in combination with the vessel and Kairos specifically is reminding us that we are one drop in the ocean of unity consciousness, but that's not all the ocean has to, uh, has to offer. So the storm and the ocean in this part of the aura reminds us that, you know, when there are like huge storms, so again, storms develop over time, but when the storm card shows up, it's literally, it means stage five hurricane That's or tornado or literally, or a tsunami, whatever your favorite storm is, you know, just pick that. I was always like, hurricanes are really cool as a kid, you know? Um, I was terrified of tornadoes. Um, I don't know. So maybe that's why hurricane came through. It's a storm of whatever kind that you want, honestly. Um, the storm and the ocean go really well together because again, the storm is, you know, it is the chaos. It is the result of unstable, you know, precarious conditions. It's not the cause of them. And the ocean is, yes, it does carry this wisdom and this, you know, energy of unity consciousness, but it also, it is a very individual card, you know? Um, the, what is it? The ocean is all about exploring, you know, the unconscious, subconscious depths of yourself, you know? Um, of surrendering to the unknown within yourself. And that is like this, that really connects well with the storm. Just because again, the storm, the storm is a very healing card. Green family, green is all about healing because it brings your attention to something that you just did not notice. You know, something that might've been very unconscious. You know, it's very unlikely that the storm would appear in like any aura if you caught it, you know, when it was just a drizzle. You know, so again, the ocean is very much the unconscious, you know, the subconscious, the unknown. And again, the storm kind of like um kind of like the maiden and the venom. It's a ne- we all have it within us. You know, the storm is not like a bad card or anything like that. There are no bad cards, okay? There are no negative cards. All of these cards are incredibly loving. They all have their light and shadow expressions, but they're literally there are no bad cards, you know? Um But what the storm does, and this is what makes them such a dynamic pair, it highlights, you know, the unconscious. You know, it highlights, it basically, it brings the unknown to the surface and makes it known. So going back to, you know, my, you know, once loving relationship, you know, turned like kind of toxic, you know, and again, just like, kind of like milk, you know, Uh, milk is, you know, delicious, um, or whatever. I don't know why I thought of milk. Probably because milk is really disgusting. You know, I've never had it, but it, I've seen it. It's just like really disgusting past, um, past its expiry date. Um, I, I don't I don't think milk is that healthy for you. But anyway, you know what I mean? So milk, you know, before I had milk as a kid. Okay. I loved it in like my hot chocolate or whatever. Okay. Milk is delicious. Okay. Milk is great in your cereal. You know, I really loved trick cereal. Um, as a kid, it's delicious, you know, up until a certain point and it has that date on it. Okay. And this is like divine timing. Okay. Um, can't believe I'm using this as a metaphor, but this is Kairos. Okay. Just like Kairos in a very, uh, mundane, silly example. Milk is delicious. Okay. 
up until a certain point, okay? And then it has a date and then it, I literally think people say milk turns. It turns on you, okay? At some point in time, no longer delicious, you know? So, and it's no longer serving you. You can't use it in your hot chocolate. You can't use it in your cereal. You can't put it in your tea anymore. Sometimes I like my tea with some honey and like a dash of milk. You can't put spoiled milk in your tea, okay? When milk is done, you leave it alone. You don't try to resurrect it. You don't try and make it work. If it's spoiled, you're not drinking it, okay? Um, because then it'll just it'll literally just make you sick, okay? It's not like other expired goods, like some expired goldfish, you know, all those really heavily processed foods. Like, you'll survive, but, like, that'll just give you a really bad stomachache. Okay, all of that is to say that the storm, the ocean, the vessel, and Kairos all together, the storm— Again, it highlights what we didn't know. You know, milk is very obvious. It comes with an expiration date. Certain relationships aren't. And that is the focus of this. It's toxic relationships and boundaries. You know, relationships that once, you know, the vessel, Kairos, you know, very loving, you know, they were there to like, like the womb, very loving, very warm, very nourishing, very nurturing. They don't all do this, but sometimes they turn. You know, it's past their expiration date. They've turned and it's over. And that's where the boundaries come through. That's where you need to like set your own boundaries. But that's like the beauty and the mysteriousness of the ocean. The ocean is a very, it is a very beautiful, very abundant card. It's a part of the gold family. Um, our spirits are infinitely deep. My favorite thing about the ocean is like, I think it's like 20% of it or something crazy like that has only, you know, been explored. And then 80% of it's like unknown. What the storm does is it brings that those unknown dimensions of the ocean to your awareness. You know, again, we can all be aware of when the milk expires. That's very obvious. When certain relationships are beginning to turn, when the storm is brewing, you know, sometimes that's less obvious. And that is the ocean. The ocean is the great unknown. And again, like the like the maiden and the venom, we're all the maiden and the venom. We're all learning. You know, we all have unknown aspects of self. You know, that's just like, that's life. You know, that's just like, it is what it is. And that is the very abundant part of us. You know, that's the gold within us, you know? Um, but that's the storm and the, uh, and also the storm in the ocean. There's like two ways that can go. You know, there is like highlighting, you know, that, you know, some things might be past their expiration date, you know, so to say, so to speak, you know, bringing the unknown to the surface and being like, hey, pay attention to me. Um, that's really important. But also the storm in the ocean, I really like those two together. And especially because the venom is in the aura, the storm doesn't like great storms, like those hurricanes, tsunamis, um, tornadoes, they don't come from nothing. I mean, they kind of do, but they don't, you know? So this is where the science metaphor might kind of end. Um, what, for me, the second message kind of hidden in there, or not really hidden, but is that the storm appears when there's something really deep within your ocean that you need to pay attention to. So again, it's not just about bringing the unknown, making it known to the surface and being like, hey, pay attention to me. It's also saying, you know, there's some sort of like deep medicine or something deep underneath, you know, within the subconscious or unconscious 
that created the storm in the first place, you know? So what it does is it gets you thinking about what's the root, you know? So for example, um, my relationship with uh, my ex-partner after the expiration date, it's, it is a storm, but the storm in combination with the ocean tells me that there's something deeper at play there where that's just kind of like the first one. And there doesn't have to be more or anything like that. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's like the storm in the ocean, it's kind of like saying, you know, this storm is not an isolated incident. You know, it has to do with something, you know, that is in the unconscious, subconscious, unknown depths of you that you really, really, really need to pay attention to. Otherwise, another storm is just going to pop out of the woodwork, you know? So... That's what I find interesting about those two, because again, the ocean, it is a very mysterious, very unknown card, and it's a very personal one, you know? So like for me, okay, so in the context of toxic relationships and boundaries, you know, that is to say that relationship is just an example of a toxic relationship and boundary. And, you know, and so here's what, and this is where everything kind of comes together. That was in the past, right? So I could have easily said, you know, that was a storm, you know, part of the green family healed that storm, drew my boundaries, did what I need to do, you know, wipe my hands of it and it's done, you know, it's done right now. And that was in the past. That was in, you know, late 2019, early 2020, you know, we're coming to the end of 2020 here, but here's the thing, the vessel and Kairos, you know, everything about the warrior and the venom too is saying, well, wait a minute. Look at the people in your life right now. And I wouldn't be talking about toxic relationships and boundaries and, you know, drawing your own boundaries, et cetera, if there wasn't a reason. So again, that storm beginning of 2020, yes, that did happen then. But then why are these people as vessels for love, you know, as, you know, guided by divine timing as like you know, kind of like little divine timing mirrors, why are they here right now? That points to the ocean to say that there's something, you know, that might be unknown that I need to be aware of. And that's exactly what I was actually talking about before. You know, when I was talking about my friend and saying, it's not a coincidence she's in my life right now, not a coincidence at all. So I need to pay attention because that's not a coincidence. She's highlighting something unknown. That's the ocean. Unknown. That's the key word there. Unknown. That's within me that could create another storm if I'm not paying attention. In fact, like I said, I already know. Something's already like kind of, it's definitely raining outside. It's thundering. Okay, let's just say that. It's thundering um, for sure. And thunderstorms, they come and go, but it could develop into a stage five hurricane if I don't like stop it, you know, and if I don't stop it in its tracks. So that's literally those four, you know, the storm highlights the unknown and then the vessel and Kairos, different people come into your life at specific times, you know, guided divine time by divine timing. Also, you're in people's lives at specific times, guided by divine timing. We're all here to guide one another and we are all here. to, And that's a beautiful way of highlighting the unknown depths of the ocean within one another. Look, the unknown is unknown for a reason. It's unknown until it's known. And that's a part of being a part of this universal family is that we don't know until we know. 
You know, we can't know until we know. You know, the maiden, learning curves. We learn. When we know better, we do better. The venom. We all have the venom within us. These are not bad things. These are just a part of being human. We know it's unknown until we do know. And then when we do know, you know, with the ocean, when it is brought to the surface, we can do something about it and heal the storm. All right, so we have two more cards here, and then we're done, and they're beautiful. Um, We have the prayer, and we have the lover. The prayer, kind of like the venom, the prayer is also one of my favorite cards. It's beautiful. It is a part of the Violet family. So the prayer, in a nutshell, is sore. What? I can't talk now. Um, It's soul spirit like communication it's like it's communicating with god creation unconditional love etc and you know the prayer is really special to me um it's in my spirits aura it's one of those two main cards um so i've done so much just reevaluating and like learning um surrounding the prayer but yeah the prayer is it is how we communicate to our own souls (laughs) my voice again um, it's it's how we cre- it's how we communicate to our own souls. It's how we communicate to God. It's also how we communicate to the God within others. So, but that's all the same thing, you know. Um, it's how we communicate to Source, and Source is within us. You know, there's Source, you know, in a larger sense, and then there's a Source that you know connects this entire universal family. And I really love. You know, the prayer goes really well with like everything I was saying about the warrior and the venom. Um, Because the warrior and the venom is a lot about, again, sharing your stories of venom, again, especially in conjunction with, you know, the vessel in Kairos, being open, being vulnerable, you know, sharing um, is really important. So people can really, you know, become aware of, you know, what love, what medicine is really coming through you as a vessel. Everybody is a vessel for love, you know, including you. And, you know, speaking of that, that's really where I think that's where the there's so many different dimensions to the prayer. And so in any aura healing, I'm always paying attention to, you know, where is the prayer? You know, what? Because the prayer is a large card, you know, uh, communicating with source. That's a large card. But this is what I've been, you know, thinking about the past couple of days, I think my voice cracked again. All right. It doesn't matter. Um, there was just this medicine with the prayer. I was actually just sitting with last night that reminded me that every single time you communicate with someone, every single time, yeah, you talk to someone or you talk to yourself, you're speaking to the God within them, you know? And I don't know why that's just been like with me, um, the past couple of days, that's just like, it was, it's just something I've been sitting with. And again, whenever I do these aura healings, what's interesting to me is like, I already know when I looked at these cards, I was like, I know what we're talking about today. I don't know the full extent of what we will be talking about today. Um, but the cards are just a reflection for what I already know, you know? So they just bring out the different details of the story and then the different interactions, you know, it's all very fun to basically put together. Um, but that's, what's been on my mind with the prayer is, you know, oh, oh, that's a, that is a very beautiful way to end this. You know, so everything that I was saying before about boundaries, you know, I've been saying a lot of like, you know, you can cut, you know, how the, basically with the sword, the sword is a tool. So 
And there are so many different ways, you know, to cut your boundaries. So we started out with the womb and the sword. You know, the first time that we encounter the sword is with the scissors, you know, cuts the umbilical cord, sets us apart from our mothers. And then we start, you know, our human, you know, process of, you know, becoming like individualized, you know, people, you know, um, self-sustainable humans, you know, on this planet. You know, that's the first time we encounter the, um, the sword and we draw those boundaries. And then I talked a lot about literally drawing a line, you know, in the sand and like the sword is also a sword, you know, whatever. Um, but I didn't think about, especially the sword and the prayer. They are both a part of the Violet family. I didn't, ex- you know, explicitly say this, but a lot of the ways in which we draw boundaries, it's not physical. It's with our words, you know? And like, I, I feel like that medicine has been weaved, um, into the entirety of this aura healing but I, I feel like the prayer in here is just like, yeah, you need to just say it out loud. Um, a lot of it is with how we communicate with one another. And like I said, you know, boundaries, it's not an act of like hate. You know, it's not an act of, it is an act of like separation, but it's not an act of leaving anybody alone or isolating any, anyone. And that's really important to know because again, this year has been incredibly isolating you know, for everybody on some sort of level, you know, we all, none of us really got to do like exactly what we wanted to do, you know, on some level this year, even if you were one of those people that like, I don't know, was just like, you know, eh, forget it, you know, whatever, I'll do what I want. You know, it's still not the same because everybody's not on the same page, you know, whatever. Um, This year was not the same as previous years for every single person, you know? Um, But drawing boundaries, it's not about isolating anybody. Um, and with the prayer, the prayer brings in this like very sweet medicine, you know, this very sweet way of wrapping everything up to just remind us that when we do draw boundaries, because we have to, you know, um, there, it's a human thing, you know, there are going to be times when you have to set boundaries, you know, whether they are large or small, what the prayer reminds us is that, you know, boundaries are somewhat, and maybe this is because I've, again, I've spent so much time with the prayer, um, but boundaries are very much like a prayer, you know, they're, and this is what I was saying earlier about kind of like the warrior and, you know, a warrior of love and truth. And just the example I gave you about, you know, writing the letter, you know, to my ex-partner, basically apologizing for my egregious behavior um, that I wasn't aware of at the time, because, you know, again, the maiden, you know, learning curves, you know, we're all learning, we're all curious, you know, the maiden is also, I feel like the maiden has been in like, I've been saying a lot of like the shadow of the maiden, the maiden is a very curious card, it's very enchanting, it's very alive, you know, has a lot of vitality, but then again, with that, you know, um, the maiden makes some mistakes, but um, with the prayer specifically, you know, now that I'm just like wrapping up this aura healing, I'm realizing, you know, that that like letter that I wrote, it was like somewhat like a prayer, like me, you know, and the prayer, what does it do? It acknowledges the love that is within you, yourself, and the other person, you know, that you are setting your boundaries with, you know? So, I mean, I didn't put it quite like that, Um, but I do remember, and I really do think this is, um, (laughs) I think it was actually the prayer that came through now that I'm like realizing it, 
um, when I was like, oh, what do I do? Like, how do I set my boundaries now? Like, how do I fix this? And my mind, you know, the storm was so chaotic. And I was like, I don't know how to heal this. I don't know what to do. I'm like 90% sure, you know, maybe 86% that it was the prayer that came through. Um, the prayer acknowledges, you know, through communication, the love within you and the love that is within another person that you were setting the boundaries with. You know, it allows you to set loving boundaries. And it what it does is everything that I said about the sword, you know, it has like two layers to it. You know, it has the the human layer with where like, you know, if you're saying to like an ex-partner and this is just literally the, it's the example I have. So I'm really just like running with it here. Um, you know, on a human level, you know, you're saying, you know, we just need space and time apart, you know, because that's what's going to be healthy. You know, it's transforming that toxic relationship into a healthy one again. I mean, you can't really do that with the milk, but kind of like with the milk example, you know, the milk was, um, great at one point, you know, it turned at another point and what can you do to make sure you preserve your health? You can toss it down the drain, you know? Or hopefully you finish the milk before then so you don't have to waste it. But like, you know, then you wouldn't know that it was, then it can't turn if you drank it. So whatever. Okay. You understand. So the prayer is very healing. You know, what the prayer has the power to do is say, you know, again, the vessel in divine timing, the vessel in Kairos, we all come into each other's lives at like a specific time. And sometimes a storm comes from that when it's kind of like past the expiration date. But the prayer is powerful enough to heal that by saying, you know what? I see you, you know, communicating. I see the love within you. I see source. I see God. I see creation within you. And I also see it within me too. And what this boundary is going to allow us to do is to return to that within ourselves, you know? And again, the prayer, it's kind of like, that's not what's being, you don't have to say it like that because that might sound kind of weird and probably kind of crazy and like it doesn't make any sense. Um, if you were to say that to like a person that maybe doesn't like believe in this stuff. Um, but that's kind of the words, that's like what's underneath the surface, you know? It's underneath this, it was underneath the surface of me writing that letter. You know, me saying I'm sorry was, and like me saying I'm sorry for violating your boundaries and saying I'm sorry for ignoring and really and I said I was sorry for not listening. You know, I'm basically what I was saying is I'm sorry for, you know, I'm very, very sorry for not listening to your spirit. I'm very sorry for not listening to your soul, but I see you. You know, I see you now. I see, you know, what your soul needs. I see what my soul, my spirit needs. I see what we need and I see what we need to do. I honor you. I respect you, you know, as an emanation of God, as an emanation of spirit, I see you, I honor you, and I respect you, and I respect the love within you and myself. You know, I respect it enough to know that it will, what will serve both of us is this boundary. You know, what will serve the both of us, you know, um, to really thrive, you know, and to, you know, take the time to tend to our inner flames and to really pay attention to our spirits is this boundary so neither one of us has to invest energy, you know, in basically crossing one another's boundaries anymore. Okay, that's the prayer. That's what's underneath every single, all of this, you know, that is what's underneath, you know, healing those toxic relationships is the understanding that, you know, again, it does take two to tango, you know, 
you can only take responsibility for yourself, but that it's a relationship, you know, it doesn't exist without another party, you know, so you can only take responsibility for yourself. But if there's anything I've learned over the past couple of days, both people engaging in that relationship for whatever egoic reason, if it's occurring, that means they need it for some reason. If it's going on, both people need it for some reason until one of them's like, no more, you know? And that's what the prayer is. Like both uh, my ex-partner and I, we both needed that for some reason, okay? I can only speak on why I needed it, you know? He needed it for a different reason because if neither, if one of us didn't need it, it wouldn't be there. And sometimes it's just as simple as that. Um, you don't have to like look at a bunch of aura colors and like archetypes. It's like, if it's here, it's here for a reason because if someone didn't want anything to do with it, they would set that boundary and be like, no more. And that's what the prayer is. You know, it's saying, this isn't serving you. It's not serving me anymore. We have to let it go, you know? And what it does, again, it frees you up to be, you know, really to really reevaluate, you know, what is my relationship with God? What is my relationship with creation? What is my relationship with the universe? What does it really look like? You know, now that I'm not investing so much time and energy into invading somebody else's space, what does it really look like? And then returning to the truth of that. And then we have the lover. And um, yeah, the, the lover has literally absolutely nothing to do with like other people. Um, I, I find it interesting that I was talking about, you know, a lot of different romantic relationships, you know, my romantic relationship, a friend's romantic relationship. Um, and you know what it is? It's just because those two mirror one another that that was just like such a natural example. Like I said, there might be a storm brewing with my parents, you know, um, talking about like subconscious layers of the ocean. And that's something I'm going to look at, you know, after this. Um, but the lover. So the lover is a card of presence. It's about soaking in all of the beauty and all of the, yeah, just all of the sheer beauty and like cosmicness, uh, whatever. I don't know if that's a word that this life has to offer. It's really soaking in the beautiful multidimensionality, you know, of this human experience, you know, music, um, things like, yeah, like really getting in touch with like the five senses, you know, music, animals, plants, you know, everything that's here and available to you, all of the energies, you know, aura colors, archetypes, you know, um, planets, you know, the sun, the moon, the stars, being aware of everything that is available to you, you know, and that is with you in this present moment. And the lover specifically, you know, everything. So it's kind of like what catches your eye, you know, um, is it the stars that catches your eye? Is it the moon? You know, um, is it the stars? Is it a person? You know, what catches your eye? You know, what really inspires you? And then the lover, it's not about, you know, being like, wow, you know, it's, it is about being inspired by like something outside of you, but realizing that that something outside of you is within you as well. So whatever you're being, it's like it's being awakened by love, you know? So the lover is very much like, okay, if I'm looking at another person, like I've had this a lot with um, my partner lately. So my partner, um, 
and I were both like really connected to the healer archetype. Okay. So this is just like an example, like an, on an archetypal level. Um, cause this is all about archetypes and auras, but you know, he's really connected to the, to the healer. I'm really connected to the healer. He constantly inspires me every single day to really explore the depths of the healer. Every single, you know, archetype, every single energy or a color is made of unconditional love. You could literally spend your lifetime with one archetype and never fully know it. You know, unconditional love is infinite. It's unconditional. There's infinite dimensions to explore. Anyway, um, he happens to be somebody that I really, really love, you know, right now. Um, I absolutely do adore him and love him, but you know, he has been really, really inspiring to me, you know, just with respect to the healer and learning about the healer. And what the lover teaches you is that, you know, that inspiration, you're not, it's not like you're being, you are being inspired by that other person. And this is where the lover and the vessel really come together, especially with Kairos. Yes, I am, you know, being inspired by him and, you know, X, Y, Z, but I'm really being inspired by the love in him, the unconditional love, the God in him that is also within me, you know? So that's the lover in the vessel, the lover, uh, well, the lover on its own, especially with the vessel. And the lover is a part of the indigo family, you know, and that's like the, the family of like visionaries. So that's definitely out by now. If you want to check out that episode about indigo, um, but yeah, it's definitely like the visionary family. It's, you know, it's a, it's a lot about like leg- legacy and like leadership and change and really, you know, revolutionizing the way that we see things. And I love the lo- the lover as a part of the Indigo family because it does help us to revolutionize and really shift how we see like, you know, falling in love and like w- and being inspired by like another person or by the stars or by a plant or whatever, you know, all of that, everything that you can fall in love with or, you know, everything that you can be inspired by, I think they're the same thing. I think like when you kind of fall, when I say falling in love, by the way, I don't always mean in like a romantic way. I think that's something separate. You know, for me, you know, falling in love with something is the same as being inspired by the love within something. So I was very much, you know, I just had like this, we just had this phenomenal week where I was just like so inspired by the healer within him. I was so inspired by him as an expression of God's source spirit. And I am also an expression of God's source spirit. So it's like, it's a mirror. It's another one of those mirror cards. There are a couple like that. You know, the lover, the vessel and Kairos, there is one archetype that is the mirror. It's a part of the red family, but, um, this the this like trio carries a very similar energy, um, which again is understanding that the love, you know, he, like for example, um, let's just say the vessel and the lover together and Kairos too, you know, you could say that he as my partner, you know, came into my life at a specific time to awaken different parts of my heart, awaken different parts of my soul awaken different parts of my spirit, awaken different dimensions of the unconditional love, creation, source, God, spirit inside of me. You know, you can say all of that, you know, at a very specific time. That's him as the vessel, you know, guided by divine timing. And that's the lover. The lover is a beautiful, beautiful card. You know, the lover is about, you know, falling in love. But again, 
falling in love on like a, within like the context of like God, source, creation, spirit, by seeing and honoring the love everywhere as, and again, indigo really changing it up, you know, revolutionizing, you know, um, a visionary, you know, really shifting things and how we see things, you know, the lover really shifts us to ask, you know, to really shift how we fall in love and what does that mean and how different, you know, and how different expressions of love awaken different dimensions of love within us. So that's the lover. And with that, the, you know, the lover and the prayer, you know, clearly go really well together because this is like the pair of seeing the love and honoring and respecting the unconditional love, the God, the source, the spirit, the universe within everyone, you know, and you can do that by setting boundaries, you know, by saying that, you know, and, you know, we talked about that, um, but setting boundaries is an act of love and seeing and like setting, setting boundaries is an act of love um, and setting boundaries is a way of honoring, respecting, you know, cherishing, celebrating the love, the unconditional love, creation, God, source, spirit that we all have within one another. So that seems like a good place to stop. Um, I really, when I saw the prayer and the lover, I got so excited because I was like, you know, this story absolutely does have a beautiful end to it. And I'm really, I was like, I don't know what those two mean necessarily together, um, but that's what all of this is, you know? A lot of this aura does have to honor, have to do with like honoring that we are human. Um, but it is also, it's a lot of honoring, you know, this, our souls, our spirits, and that we, you know what, ultimately we are here to support one another. And we support one another by remembering who we are and remembering whom everybody else is and that you know, ultimately we are all, you know, here at certain times with Kairos, you know, divided by good, guided by divine timing um, to support one another. So that is this aura. And finally, now um, we can actually, I'm going to close this the same way. Um, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even talk about like the full moon. Um, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, you know, all of this occurring during the full moon for me, this full moon, yes. Um, you know, we and you know what? Weirdly enough, tomorrow night, I'm gonna actually, you know, sit down with like a couple of my friends because, you know, we actually do need to have a conversation about like boundaries and like, and there's a lot of like relationship healing, just like on a friendship level. I've talked so much about you know relationships, um, but this is friendships too, you know. And so I just wanted to throw that in there and say, literally tomorrow night, you know, I don't know when the full moon ends. Um, but under the light of like the full moon or the, I guess the waning moon by then, you know, we are going to have like a really in-depth conversation about boundaries and, you know, I can, and here's the thing. So I actually, I texted my friends all last night or, um, because I was like, we all just need to have a chat. Okay. Because I see where this is going because it is, um, in the metaphor of the milk, I was like, the milk is, or the storm even, you know, the milk is, uh you know, maybe kind of nearing, you know, a bad place and we don't want to all be drinking it or better yet, a storm. You know, I was like, there is a storm brewing here. And right now it's a thunderstorm with some wind. And we are kind of, we're kind of, you know, heading into stage one hurricane territory. And I want to nip this in the bud now. So I was like, we're having this conversation. So 
that's just like a little example of like, it's not just romantic relationships, it's friendships. It's, you know, familial relationships, you know, relationships and boundaries, toxic relationships and boundaries. Those come in all forms, shapes, sizes, whatever. It's not just limited to romantic relationships. I was just like, I can't run into literally every single example. This episode is long enough. Um, but that's what the, yeah, that's what this full moon's about. It is in the spirit of, you know, oh, full moon. That's what I was going to say. You know, full moon, it's very illuminating. You know, the full moon, if anything, it illuminates our shadows, you know, because it's big, it's bright. Um, in this case, it illuminates, you know, the venom. It illuminates the depths of the ocean. You know, it sheds a lot of, it sheds this full bright light on, you know, what it is that we might need to release, you know? And so it does, the full moon does two things in this respect. It sheds a beautiful, bright, warm, you know, glowing light on our souls and our spirits and allows us to really see them. And then what it does is, you know, with respect to like boundaries and the relationships we create at the end of the day, you know, especially with like everything I was saying with like the lover and the prayer and the vessel and Kairos, you know, what you want to do. Oh, and also returning to the womb a little bit, you know, this is, uh, this universal family, it's a warm, it's a nourishing, it's a nurturing, loving space, you know, and the full moon is kind of revealing that. And what it's really asking at the end of the day is how can we support ourselves? And then how can we support one another? You know, it's illuminating our souls, our spirits, the love within one another, you know, so we can really pay attention to how we can honor one another, how we can respect one another and how we can really support one another on a soul level. And that's what boundaries ask us to do. And that that's like the final point of this episode, I promise. Uh, oh, do I promise? Um, is that boundaries, like I said earlier, love comes in many shapes, forms, and sizes. It's not all rosy. It's not all like sugar candy. And I was going to say sugar corn, like candy corn and like fairies or whatever. It's not always like that. It's not always like, you know, pink and like rosy or anything like that. You know, sometimes it's not it's not what it looks like, but it you know what it does always look like? It does look like honoring and respecting and seeing, you know, the creation within one another, the spirit within one another, the love within one another. And that's what boundaries is. You know, it's base boundaries is basically saying how what is the best way I can balance supporting myself as an emanation expression of God's source spirit and support other people as expressions of spirit as well. You know, how can I draw this boundary, you know, in a very co-creative way, you know, that aligns with my relationship with creation so that we can all support one another as a member of this universal family. And again, the full moon really illuminates that. It shows us the way, it sheds light and reminds us to see one another in the full moonlight, you know, seeing one another as spirit, as love and says, okay, you know who you are, you know, kind of returning to the flame, you know where who you are, you know, you know where you came from, you came from source, see that in one another, support one another, that might not look like what you think it looks like, draw the boundary, honor and respect, you know, the human, the God, you know, within one another. And that's what boundaries are. Boundaries are supporting one another on a human level, and on, you know, a level of like source and love. So All right, there we go. That's good. 
and we can close out now. So I like to do that the same way that I, you know, open the episode with just closing our eyes, um, taking a couple of deep, you know, breaths to, you know, reflect a little bit, you know, to say thank you. I always say thank you. I open with my spirit family. I close, you know, by saying thank you to my spirit family for guiding me today. And then uh, we will end the episode. Okay, awesome. Uh, whenever I like close my eyes, I like I see um, my aura colors, and it's very much um, orange and violet, which I think is interesting. But also, whenever I'm like channeling, whenever I'm speaking, it does you know change to violet, and then my main human aura color is orange. Um, so that's like a little final message of saying, you know. A lot of this podcast episode is in the spirit of creation and co-creation and how we create with one another, even though, you know, um, there weren't too many or there were like two orange cards in here. Um, It wasn't like heavily orange. The fact that like my aura is like, I mean, it's always orange, but it's very heavily orange right now, you know, speaks to that. And then the violet, you know, hints in my aura as well kind of speak to, you know, Violet and orange very much, you know, go together. They're like both about co-creation in very different ways. You know, orange is co-creation, creativity. um, And what does that really look like? And violet is more like channeling and your personal relationship with creation, which influences how you co-create and how you collaborate within this universal family. So I just wanted to put that in there. Thank you so, so much for listening. This was a beautiful episode, incredibly revealing for me. You know, every single aura healing is, you know, a healing, I guess, for the collective. And it is for me as well, you know, because, again, auras, aura colors, you know, archetypes are simultaneously personal and impersonal. Um, Yeah. Happy full moon. Happy full moon in uh, Cancer. Um, Happy Capricorn season. Um, And this was recorded after the aura colors series. So I guess I'll say this now, you know, um, I'm not sure if I'll record another episode or if another one will come out before the end of 2020. But um, I guess happy end of 2020, happy, you know, 2021. Um, You know, again, for me, this year was a tough, I mean, for so many people, it was a tough year. Um, So many storms, so many opportunities to set boundaries. But when I look, and this is why it's kind of the perfect end to 2020 episode for me. Um. But when I look back at where I was at the beginning of the year, you know, just in terms of, you know, really finding my way with setting boundaries and, you know, how tough it was to really spend a lot of time just by myself, nurturing myself, you know, nurturing my soul, my spirit, and really spending a lot of time communicating it with it and like developing that relationship. I could not be more thankful, you know, for everything that has happened as a result, as a result of those boundaries. Again, beautiful friendships you know, I'm more aware of my other places where I need to set boundaries, you know, and that's what the storm does. You know, it highlights different aspects of the ocean. Now I have my beautiful relationship and partnership. So, I mean, I feel like I could not have ended 2020 in like a better way, but that's the spirit of Kairos and divine timing. Everything kind of, we're all guided guided by divine timing. You know, you choose to tune into that form of love you know, you choose whether you want to tune into that form of love or not. Um, but I believe nothing's a coincidence. So 
even though it started out a certain way, it ended this way and it wouldn't have been done without some healthy boundaries. So boundaries are incredibly medicinal. They are incredibly loving. Don't be afraid of boundaries. Um, (laughs) That's enough of that. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that would be incredibly helpful. Otherwise, I will talk to you soon in 2021.